0: to pro premium coverage of the g1 climax 29 we're here covering nights 12 through 14 i'm owen joined as always all the way from seattle new japan it's Trey evans it is indeed
1: me and yeah seattle new japan it is hotter than hell 800 degrees i've been told oh
0: dude, that's and yet the hot.
1: action is even hotter
0: Heck yeah, and I also want to give a shout out to everyone listening on the Heel Turn feed this week, since we're putting out our free preview. How's it going? Hey, 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 Freebies, how you doing? We have to pause for him to respond. Oh, that's great, awesome. Well, welcome aboard, and hopefully we do a good job, and it will make you want to go and listen to all our other coverage.
1: This is good streamer behavior, Owen, I appreciate what you're doing here.
0: Please like, comment, and subscribe to the Patreon.
1: Uh okay now I have to unsub. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't say that part. You just say, Oh hey, how was your day? Oh that's great and
0: ooh, that's interesting. I so you did that finally. Okay. I mean the problem is that we don't have a uh you know a video, so I can't put that on the screen so I have to say it.
1: Uh I, I know, but you know, I mean you don't have to actually read what the chat says. You just have to make them feel like they're included.
0: Unfortunately, this is not live this week, so there is no chat.
1: Yeah, I mean, that too, but, I mean, just, again, make them feel included, Mm on.
0: Yep, but, you know, if you do enjoy what you're listening to and you want to hear the rest, as low as a dollar a month, you get to hear all our coverage, except for, you know, the beginning and the end, because those are a little more. But it's over at patreon.cool. And if people are already subscribed, you know, we're back for another week covering three more nights three
1: more nights we are getting down to the end of the G1 Climax, Owen
0: we are like people are getting eliminated
1: yeah, people actually are eliminated there are like maybe three to four people after we're done with what we talked about today in A Block that are viable and only one of them is actually able to win it all if they get to like a really weird tiebreaker that'll probably never happen
0: I don't know Weird things have happened. Yeah, and meanwhile,
1: B-Block is, like, all screwed up.
0: Yeah, B-Block was, like, on a collision course for, like, the inevitable, but now all of a sudden, the leader is just falling apart. That he is. It's getting quite nasty out there. In a really, like, unbelievable fashion, even.
1: Yeah, kind of embarrassing fashion, if you will. It's almost like they want to bury him all of a sudden because he might go elsewhere.
0: Weird, it's kind of like what happened with the guy on the A Block that's not with New Japan. Yeah, very interesting. It's, uh, yep, um, almost as if they just want to
1: get them over just long enough to say, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, we do care about them. By the way, they're getting buried now.
0: Or it's as if they're like, hey, we're trying to sway you to come sign with us, and you're not? Well, fuck you.
1: Yeah, it's weird when you already have a contract signed somewhere else that you can't do that. Contracts are weird. Contracts are very weird, it's true.
0: All right, Grace, how about you uh, start us off with Night 12?
1: Absolutely, I'd be happy to. So, Night 12 starts us off August 1st in Fukuoka. It is the dawn of the sixth day of the B block. Seven days remaining in this tournament. We begin with the Night 12 tags, which, for those of you who are listening in the free um, version of this and have never heard us talk about the G1 Climax before, trust me when I tell you, the tag matches do not matter in any way or form, so all you gotta do, take a look. Is there a young lion, a guy in nothing but, like, a black trunk setup, in the ring, somewhere, on one team? That guy's getting pinned. If there's multiples of them, one of them's getting pinned. If not, find somebody who's not in the tournament. That person's getting pinned.
0: I've to say, something weird happens on last night. That yeah, totally we gotta what talk about that. Out the window.
1: Yep, there is one exception to this, this the first time I've ever seen it, and we will get to that.
0: Yeah. Um But also, you know, the other big thing for the tags that people should know about is Hey, it's Hanma. Oh yeah, hey, it's Hanma. So Han- Moki
1: Hama uh just kinda magically shows up. He's got a hood over his head, nobody knows who it is. And it's the exact same hood every time, but when he lifts it off, it's always him.
0: Yep. It's weird. Yep, but also apparently according to Tracy he's a duck.
1: Uh well he sounds like a duck, so if you want to ever imagine when it's like hearing a duck getting beaten to death in the ring, uh go search out a Tomoki Hanma match. You will not regret it. Or you might if you don't like hearing ducks getting beaten to death. I mean, it's it's all into you. It's it's whatever you prefer in life.
0: I mean, if you look like a duck and you quack like a duck, it's probably yeah, Hanma. I mean,
1: yeah, exactly. And Kokeshi makes it happy. Oh, so happy. So th- there's a couple things I need to note here. Number 1, My least favorite bit of ring psychology happens in, like, the very first match, in that Kenta takes the big guy of New Japan, Bad Luck Fale, a very heavy, very large dude, and Kenta, who is tiny enough to be a cruiserweight, attempts to lift him. What? People, stop this.
0: Well, it's gonna work eventually
1: except when it doesn't, which is every time.
0: If it works eventually, you're going to pin them, then they're going to throw you, like, eight feet in the air on the two count. It's going to be
1: great. Exactly. I-, I mean, but we all know that the kickout happens that way, and you get tossed eight feet in the air, and that's that. But stop trying to lift people. You know, it- it- we know it's not going to work. We don't care about your display of strength or anything like that. We just want cool magic in the ring with your moves and your psychology oh, and all that I stuff. I have
0: bad news for you. It's Kenta. It
1: is Kenta, and therein lies the problem. So, that said, um, yeah. There's nothing really more to add there other than the LA JoJo guys look good, as always, um, that Kenta has kind of brought with him as part of his whole pseudo-stable with Katsuyori Shibata, who obviously can't wrestle because he nearly
0: died. Here I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think Kenta's going to stay in New Japan after the G1, or is he gone... I think he. I think you kind
1: of indicated that you thought he was going to stay until the end of the year and then probably jet. Mm-hmm. I bet he's staying till Wrestle Kingdom regardless what happens. Interesting. But I don't think it's going to be a loser leaves town like you say. I just think he's going to end up leaving town like a loser.
0: Damn. Yeah. Shots fired. Yeah. I mean,
1: look, we'll talk about Kenta later, but this is not really shots
0: fired as much as truth fired. You just—I'm just saying—you have to remember this is on the free feed this time, so he can hear this. I, I mean, look, Kenta, dude,
1: I'll talk to you about this when we get to your match. All right. But the other thing I really think is no- worth noting. There's actually two other things here. One is Suzuki Goon. Apparently, oh, I love this. Yeah. So suzuki Goon was fighting each other in an upcoming match, so as a preview, the stable actually for once gets pitted against each other. Normally you don't have that in New Japan. It's all one stable going up against all one stable, or Freelancers against stable, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be fighting Lance Archer on Night 13. And so, Zack Sabre Jr. decides the way to deal with the warm-up match is to jump Lance Archer and his tag team partner, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, as they start entering. So, he and Minoru Suzuki just jump them before the bell rings, their own stable mates, and a brawl ensues that's like they're beating on somebody that's totally not them.
0: I love this, and I love the ta- tags on Night 14 involving Suzuki-Goon.
1: Yeah, Suzuki-Goon is pretty much a thrill to watch because they will always brawl outside the ring... They will always brawl into the crowd. They really give no fucks.
0: And you could, like, coming out of this, if you're not familiar with Suzuki-Gun, you could be thinking, oh, yeah, they're they're totally breaking up. No, they're, they're just assholes.
1: No, no they're, that's the thing. is like, Their whole thing is that they are heels and that they're just assholes and they don't care what anybody thinks about them.
0: Including each other. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like, a lot of their promos for, like, before tournaments and stuff is them just sitting around, like, a barbecue or something like that and saying, like, we don't care if the crowd doesn't like us. We don't care if the crowd even attends. They can just go home and stay home. We will fight in an empty arena. Oh, yeah. We don't give a shit about drawing crowds. We just give a shit about winning.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no crowds. It's easier to throw people in the chairs. Exactly.
1: A lot of chairs. You could redecorate the whole place. Mm-hmm. That said also, though, I don't like Lance Archer's sort of choice of promos that he screams at Kevin Kelly after this match.
0: He screams everybody dies. Uh, he does that, but then he's like, uh,
1: "Zack Saber is a vegetarian, but I eat meat. I'm gonna eat Zach Saber Jr., poop him out in the middle of the ring. And it's like, I mean, I if
0: he says that, I believe him. Yeah, but
1: also, like, gross. Well, like, he's gross.
0: He spits water on people.
1: Yeah, but that... The full cycle of Vore is a whole thing different than spitting water at people, Owen. Fair enough. It's,
0: yeah. Just saying he's a gross guy. Yeah. And
1: the only other thing I want to note here is that the G1 Climax normally has an A block and a B block.
0: Yeah, it's that's what we've two, been doing. We've been doing A block, B block, A block, B block, yeah. Yeah,
1: back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, these are groups of ten that do round-robin-style matches against one another, the people with the most points. At each block, fight each other. What we don't talk about too often, that started last year, is the rare and also esteemed in its own way, C-Block. Wait, Dave Finley's dead. Dave Finley is dead, but the C-Block is back officially. David Finley won it last year, and he's now since passed away. Rest in peace, David Finley. Rest in peace. But, Kohenare... And Chase Owens were both declaring that they are C-Block members, and they're going to win the C-Block.
0: Hear me out, though. Yes. What if instead of those two winning, what if Shooter wins?
1: I think uh, Toa Hanare had said basically he would like Shooter to be part of the C-Block, and I think he should win it.
0: Shooter should win.
1: Yep. Tom Akihan has also talked about the C-Block, but I don't think he understands what it is. I think he thinks it's like a promotion-relegation system... Where if he wins a C-block, he gets into the G1 next year. Which, as David Finley can tell you, that's not how it works because he's dead.
0: I mean, if he wasn't dead, would he be in?
1: Uh, probably not also, because he was also in Lifeblood. Ugh. Um, exactly. Like, that's a death knell on its own. Ugh. For those of you wondering what Lifeblood is, don't ask. Ugh, it's bad. no.
0: We it saw was a it, bad faction. We, we saw it in person, no thanks.
1: Yeah. It's. It was just, let's throw all the wrestlers we can't use into one group, and uh, that doesn't work, folks. But just like that, we've gone through the Night 12 tags. Mm-hmm. So, Owen, how'd you like to get into the block matches? The matches that actually matter. The matches that score points, oh, and you potentially. Mean-
0: mm-hmm. Go on. You mean the five matches... For the B block, that'll earn two points for a win, zero points for a loss, and one point for a draw. Exactly. With 30-minute time limits.
1: Yep, 30-minute time limits, and yeah, it is basically that everybody goes through nine matches. Everybody dies. Everybody dies, according to Lance Archer.
0: I'm not going to question him.
1: I'm not questioning him either, but what I am... I'm not going to question anything about this next match. This is actually a decent match, given that one of the two participants has kind of been dropping the ball this entire tournament.
0: I don't know. I think on night 14, he kind of stepped it up.
1: Yeah, I... Wait a minute, are we talking about the same guy? Um, Actually, we might be. But who, but who who are you talking about? The match I'm talking about is Mr. Dragon, Shingo Takagi. Going up against Jeff Kabu.
0: Yeah, but which one is which one of these guys is dropping the ball?
1: Uh, Jeff Cobb's been really stinking it up as and yeah. You know this.
0: His night fourteen match was great.
1: Okay, we'll talk about that when we get there. I I might be inclined to disagree a little bit.
0: It's not amazing, but it's better than what he's been doing. But, uh, but <laughs>
1: it's not hard to say though, because let's stop at the stinker. Yeah, th- this one's pretty decent. All things said, because. Jeff Cobb and Shingo Takagi have fought each other before. They are familiar with each other's uh, wrestling style. Mm. Their last match being at the Battle of Los Angeles, which is a rather large tournament in Los Angeles, basically.
0: Run by PWG?
1: Yep. It's basically the pride and glory of PWG.
0: I don't know why they don't and stream this online. They really should. Like, My
1: goodness, that that is such an esteemed tournament these days. That just kind of brings out people into the spotlight that you otherwise would never know about. hmm But Shingo Takagi starts targeting Jeff Cobb's knee. Good idea, because Jeff Cobb is a suplex master, so he needs that knee to lift things.
0: And he just needs to lift with his legs. Mm-hmm. And Takagi
1: really is just throwing everything he's got at Jeff Cobb this entire match. It's, his intensity has been picking up through the entire tournament, I think. And it looks really good here.
0: Well, he's got to prove that he can, you know, be in the ring there with the heavyweights since he hasn't really had that challenge. And when you saw him with the junior heavyweights, he was undefeated until Will Ospreay.
1: Yeah, there's kind of a reason for that because, for those who don't know, um Chinko Takagi's not a junior heavyweight. What? He's, he's so freaking gigantic. What? No, he's not. No, he, he's definitely a heavyweight. He's always been a heavyweight.
0: No, you don't understand. It's, do you know how cameras work? They, um, they add no, on, I like, don't. 20 pounds.
1: Right, but then wouldn't that mean his opponents would also be, like, 20 pounds heavier?
0: Have you seen Ishi?
1: Yeah.
0: Like, he's pretty heavy.
1: He is pretty heavy. But, same token, like, th- th- this is an equivalent 20 pounds. So, if if Takagi is bigger than another heavyweight... That would imply... See now, that
0: now, see, now you're not understanding the other thing about cameras. Is forced perspective. Like, he's closer to the camera, so he seems bigger. So, what you're
1: telling me is that Shingo Takagi is always closer to the camera than his opponent's. Yes, it's,
0: it's a technique he's been using to kind of get a, a, a mental advantage.
1: A mental advantage that the opponent knows nothing about because they're not thinking about this.
0: No, but they watch f- tape of him.
1: Oh. So, see, it's smart... So, he always knows which camera is live and pointed at him. There's He's a little red closer light, to it.
0: Of
2: course. I you think don't Rachel's think Harold's also willing I mean... Uh, I, He's got
1: to market this guy. I understand, but at the same time...
0: I don't think this makes sense, Owen. <laughs> Nothing? No, none of this... Like, I'm just saying, a lot of things in New Japan don't make sense. That, that's true.
1: So... Basically, Takagi starts off real early working Cobb's knees and actually lifts him up and gets some good um, strikes on him. No shigami, which is really hard to do on a guy that's about twice your weight and everything.
0: Okay, if you say so.
1: And uh, I, I know so. And that said, Cobb then gets back to his wheelhouse, suplexing the hell out of Takagi, knocking him basically out cold. Throw some of the ropes for Tour of the Islands, which is a nice little kind of spinning power slam. I would say very much a whiplash power slam, if you will. Yeah. And Takagi collapses before Cobb can grab him.
2: I was
0: going to say it's like, kind of like a spinning sidewalk slam.
1: Yeah, spinning sidewalk slam is a good way of putting it. But, you know, if, if I were to be thrown into the ropes, I would simply collapse and prevent my opponent from uh, putting any moves on me.
0: I've been seeing a lot of that in this G1 of people like being in setups for moves but intentionally collapsing. And it's mm-hmm. smart. I don't know why people don't do that more often. Right. And
1: here you think, oh, well, Shingo's just too hurt. He's too injured. Cobb's going to have to do something. Well, Cobb goes over to pick him up and ends up eating a crucifix bomb for his trouble. And then his uh, one of his signatures made in Japan. And he won. And... He basically, after striking the hell out of Cobb a few more times, tries to last of Dragon. Um, problem is.
0: What? Jeff Cobb's a big dude. Wait, Shingo didn't win? No, Shingo didn't win. I thought he won on the Made pay- in Japan. What are you talking about? I've, no no one Japan.
1: kicks out of that. Oh, everybody kicks out of Made in Japan.
0: That's right. I
1: don't think anybody's ever been pinned successfully by Made in Japan.
0: That's but not, maybe that's why most good products are made in China.
1: I am not touching that one with a 50 foot pole. Ah, heel turn. Yeah, Jesus. What the hell? Sorry. Um, sorry. It's an easy joke. Come on. Yeah, yeah we're moving on from that <laughs> one. Shingo Takagi ends up uh, trying to lift Cobb up, or Cobb up on his shoulders. Cobb is very heavy, ain't going to work. Like, just like Kenta trying to lift Bad Luck folly. you can't do it. Yeah, you are pissed ain't gonna work.
0: when this happened. I, I could hear you screaming all over way from the New Japan Go, Don't lift him! It's like, find another finish! Something that works! That's and like, like telling Will Ospreay to find something else besides Stormbreaker, because literally nothing else works.
1: Yeah, well, I... Just do like Tanashi does. Just hit, like, five high-fly flows in a row.
0: You, you think Shingo should hit five high-fly fl- flows?
1: I mean, it looked really cool for her coming from him. You gotta admit that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can I mean, see that.
1: Shingo Takagi frog splashes. You could call him dragon splashes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, I, I like this idea. Um, But yeah, and Cobb just says, nah, I don't care about this idea. He breaks out. He suplexes Shingo Takagi, hits two of the Islands, and wins by pinfall. Uh, still a pretty good match. Just. Shingo Takagi can't be lifting Jeff Cobb like that. I know. Come on, people. Psychology. You don't lift the guy that's way heavier than you.
0: I thought this was a decent match. Mm Mm-hmm. But we should
1: probably move on from this to the really good match of the night. Oh, the best match of the night. Probably the best match of the night. So, those of you who are familiar with WWE, obviously, know Dean Ambrose. Who? Um he died a while back, but oh, he's been oh. reincarnated as John Moxley. Oh the Mox. Yeah. Yes, the Death's Innovator. Of, the purveyor of violence. The Death Rider, John Moxley. With his protege, shooter Yumino.
0: Your know sucks though. What? New Japan's come with all the cool nicknames for John Moxley and AEW can't use any of them.
1: This is probably true, unless they haven't trademarked any of them.
0: All they've used on their merchandise is un, like unscripted violence. And it's like, eh, mm-hmm. that's not great.
1: No, it isn't. But, same token, like, who knows if New Japan's smart enough to, like, start trademarking this stuff so that AEW can't use it. So, um, well, AEW might just start using it and just hmm. never sell it in Japan.
0: I don't know. I, th- I, think, they got, I think they got this on lock. Hey, They might. Look, cool. look, at the, look at the copyrights on Bullet Club.
1: Ah, uh, well, Bullet Club's a whole different bag of fish, if you ask me. Fish Club? Uh, no. No, just bag of... Like, some bag of fish have... It... Let's not talk about bags of fish. What are we doing? What are you doing Yeah, yeah I don't know what you're doing. Let's talk about... No, I, I don't know what you're doing, man. This is on you. This is the f- you brought this the bag podcast. This is a free f- podcast. You brought the a bag, free bag of
2: podcast.
1: fish. Why are you... <laughs> don't look at me. I'm looking right at you, because our free users are now confused as hell, because you questioned just a offhand remark. Oh my gosh. Again, I did not bring up a bag of fish, that was you. I, I'm ready to walk away right now, <laughs> Owen, my god.
0: <laughs> well, walk through the so, crowd, and tell me about this match.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, John Moxley, who never uses the entrance ramp, walks out with Shooter Yumino, who's holding on to his uh, US Championship, Mm-hmm. and... As we last left John Moxley, he had purchased a DVD from his opponent, Toru Yano. Producer, Toru Yano. Mm-hmm. It was 5,000 yen for a DVD. He purchased it using money that technically was taken from the Timekeeper by Shiro
0: wasn't taken. He handed it over. He handed it over
1: semi-willingly. He didn't threaten, threaten
0: him. To, it's, it's, it's just Shooter. Yeah, he, he didn't, he he didn't like flip him, him the bird or anything.
1: Oh, no, no. He didn't do that. But regardless, at some point, Turiano, um managed to reacquire the DVD and the 5,000 yen and run away with both, making him a thief.
0: I don't know. He, when you win the match, you, you get the spoils
1: of war. This is not how this works. This is not an Aquestus match. I mean... And don't make me... St- <laughs> Just say it. I I will start talking about Triple Mania if you really want to get into it. Oh,
0: I really wish you wouldn't. I really wish you would. Exactly.
1: So just assume that this is not a bet match, folks. This is this was a transaction that happened during a wrestling match, and Yano ran away with the goods.
0: What about this match? Is this a bet match?
1: No, it is absolutely
0: not. I don't know. The result. It seems like it kind of was. I don't think that's intended to be
1: what it is, Owen. All right. So, Yano is actually kind of afraid of John Moxley because he knows he stole from him, and despite this, takes a bottle of water and sprays John Moxley in the face with a huge stream of water.
0: This was impressive that it squirted so like directly into his face from from ringside. <laughs>
1: This is like one of those YouTube challenge videos, make it spray directly into somebody's face for like 15 seconds using a single bottle of water. Yeah, he nailed this. It, this was, like, completely surprising. And also now John Moxley wants to legitimately murder him.
0: As if he wasn't already mad.
1: Yeah, it's like he turns pure red, there's steam coming out of his ears. Like, I never thought this was something that happened outside of cartoons, and yet here we are.
0: Oh, Trace, we should also point out that John Moxley is undefeated right now. Oh,
1: that's a very good point. Yes, John Moxie is, at this point, undefeated. He has five straight wins of the nine matches he's been in thus far. Mm-hmm. Or five of nine, I should say. Yeah, so. He's won them all. Four to go. And here's Torriano, a guy who stole his DVD. It's fucked up. So, John Moxie is basically looking to kill Yano. And then Yano kind of says, whoa, hold on. Um, offers... John Moxie's DVD, which he says is a present for him. And John Moxie's like, that's not a present. That's just mine. And Toriano says, no, open the DVD. And when John Moxie kind of refuses, he opens it for him. And there's 10,000 yen in there.
0: That's like even more yens than he paid for.
1: Yeah. So he's offering him as a goodwill gift, the DVD that he purchased with 5,000 yen and double the money he purchased it with. And John Moxley, in the kindness of his heart, takes a look at this present, and swiftly kicks it into the air, and as money floats over the entire ring, um, well, uh, Kevin Kelly and his color commentator, Rocky Romero, have to kind of hold each other back from running into the ring and scooping up the money.
0: I'm surprised the ring announcer didn't run in there get his money back.
1: Yeah, I would have done that if I were him. But apparently not. So uh, Yano then starts doing his sneaky style stuff where he starts uh, maybe trying to pull some dirty tricks on what? John Moxley. This is kind of Toriano's thing. He grabs some tape from ringside and starts trying to tape up John Moxley so that he cannot answer a 20 count to get back in the ring.
0: Um, oh, when this happened, my, my feed cut out. So I didn't see Okay. This.
1: Well, mine didn't because low blow wasn't involved.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's. I don't think I ever cheated in a match.
1: Owen, we've been over the. Oh my, Owen, you've regressed on me. We already talked about this at the beginning of the G one tournament. We both knew Yano always cheats. And not, that not last year. We were going to talk. Not last year, but this year he definitely is cheating. So we are going to we're going we to set that by the side. What happened, man?
0: I, I thought we, he got we've better. We've been talking about it.
1: Uh, in the premium podcast, we've talked about him cheating all the time. I thought he got better. He didn't get better. He's gotten progressively worse over the tournament. I don't know, he's got six points. I think he's pretty good. I mean, well, he's very good at cheating. What can I say? So, Moxley thankfully reverses it, tapes up Toriano, and not very well, though, because is able to escape being taped against a barricade and jump back in the ring. Um, he apologizes again. They both rush to corners, remove turnbuckle pads, and then start trying to beat each other up with turnbuckle pads. Yes. This is worth describing.
0: Family warfare.
1: Yep. The referee is, um, attempting to disarm both of them and finally starts grabbing the turnbuckle pads away. As this happens, the monitor actually does go out. And something happens that I'm not sure... People were seeing, like, a low blow. I didn't see it.
0: No, he didn't didn't hit him low. He hit him, like, right in the midsection.
1: Yeah, so it's a good midsection shot, and Yano almost gets a three count. Um,
0: I don't know why Moxley was grabbing his balls, though.
1: Yeah, it... Look, man, wrestlers are kind of perverted.
0: You know what? Fair.
1: Yeah. So then, Moxley, trying to get the upper hand again, throws Yano into an exposed turnbuckle corner, and, uh... Then, clearly at his suggestion, because his wife has specifically told him not to use tables, um, goes and grabs a table.
0: I don't know why he keeps doing this.
1: I, I really don't know either, it doesn't seem to ever work. Renee is so um, sad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, um, Shooter is kind of pulled into John Moxie's way by Yano before he can do anything with that table to hurt Yano. Yano apparently does another move that I didn't see due to the monitor going out.
0: Weird. And... I think it was an arm bar.
1: It must have been an arm bar, because when um, everything starts coming back from the monitor, uh, Yano is taping the legs of Shooter Yumino and John Moxley together.
0: Oh, it might have been a leg bar.
1: It might have been a leg bar. Um, so now they're attached by their left and right leg... It's basically a three-legged race, except they're both on their backs, and Yano does this until the 16 count. Runs back in, so now John Moxley and Shooter Yumino have four seconds to get up and jump back into the ring. Which I may remind you, Shooter Yumino is not actually part of this match, but he would have to get back in the ring because he's taped to John Moxley. That's true. Also, even if he got in the ring with John Moxie, he could not be part of an attack because he would be a foreign object in the match.
0: This is this true? We learned that last year.
1: We learned that last year, and Kenny Omega, I think, had Shooter Umino attached to him as well.
0: Shooter is just a, such a weapon.
1: Yeah, and he had to legitimately throw Shooter out of the way of any moves being used on him. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as it turns out, John Moxie can't get up within four seconds. What and yeah, so by countout, John Moxley loses his first match. By countout, Toriano, you're a winner. His first loss ever in New Japan. His first loss ever in New Japan. And it's a countout. Exceedingly rare, Owen.
2: I
0: mean, yeah.
1: And, of course, Yano, being the thief he is, takes the DVD,
0: the cash, Again, and he won runs it. away. He, he, that, it's not a... On the line, a line where two match. points, a DVD, and 10,000 yen, and he won. Owen,
1: I know a bet match when I see it, and this was not a bet match. My God, man. I don't think you understand how Toriano works. I, I know how Toriano He plays works,
0: by the rules, thief. and he always bets his
1: DVD. What is going on <laughs> with you today, man? This is the weirdest I've ever heard you. I,
0: like
1: <laughs> no. I had you... Re- did you time travel back to 2018?
0: I don't know. I feel like you've traveled. Wow! 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 I mean, if if people want to hear like want to compare how I sound, they can always go to patreon.cool and listen to the rest of our coverage.
1: They they can definitely. It's been completely different this folks. I swear I, to you.
0: I don't know what he's talking about.
1: Hmm. Of course. <laughs> we, we move on to the next match, which. Uh, was actually, speaking of bet matches, was actually a bloody affair. Oh, this was a bet match? Uh, no, it wasn't. But, again, if I want to expand on that any bit, I'm going to have to start talking about Triple Mania. Please don't. Exactly. This is Tetsuya Naito versus Juice Robinson. Yeah, on paper, this sounds great. On paper, this is pretty good. Juice Robinson, uh, former NXT cast-off, has been fantastic. In New oh, Japan. I mean,
0: C.J. Parker.
1: Yeah, he was C.J. Parker in WWE. A hundred years He's ago. He's now Juice Robinson. Tetsuya Naito is always a fantastic troll. Um,
0: Or as he was known in Impact Wrestling, Tetsuya Naito. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, oh, big name change uh, there. By, by the way, over uh-huh. the weekend, I went back and watched some of the Okada stuff in Impact, and holy shit.
1: <laughs> he is a bit chunkier there, isn't he?
0: They just... What was the gimmick they gave him? He's very Asian. Like they gave him, like, Chinese-sounding music. Yeah, he's very Asian. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You're expecting quality from
1: Impact, Owen. I cannot help you here.
0: I don't know. Someone just mentioned it, and I had to look it up, and it... Oh, boy. It's really bad. And they also had though at some point? That's crazy. Yeah, because he was
1: part of the uh, No Limit... Or... Uh, I don't know if it's no-limit players or just no-limit is what they call themselves, but he was um, part of a tag team with uh, Yujiro Takahashi, oh. now known as the Tokyo Pimp.
0: So he didn't appear. Peter?
1: Uh, no, this was before Yujiro Takahashi was a pimp. Oh, so
0: That's unfortunate. Uh, Impact, like, a, an organization called TNA, I feel like Peter would fit in very well.
1: I'm going to alarm you further, Owen. Um, back when he was with TNA, Naito wasn't even a troll of any sort. What? He was just a goody two-shoes.
0: God, Impact really fucked up.
1: Well, that was also Naito fucking up, because that was like, right after he won his first G1, he talked about, you know, I am the ace of this company. I am um, the future of it.
0: You can't yeah, say that. Well,
1: he did. And the crowd reacted exactly how you just reacted, and said, wait a minute, we have an ace. His name's Hiroshi Tanahashi. Go Ace. And basically shat all over Tetsuya Naito to the point that they actually voted him out of being in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom.
0: Wow. And
1: they voted in, I believe, te- um, they voted in Tanahashi as the main event.
0: Oh, you mean the Ace.
1: <laughs> the actual Ace, yes. And that's when Naito went to Mexico for CMLL and joined Los Ingobernables. And became an absolute shitheel. Hell yeah. Because he realized the people don't care about him. Which was factually true. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and the people have embraced him because he hates them. That's wrestling logic for you folks. Go ahead and figure it out.
0: I mean, I've been watching enough wrestling, I figured it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you and I both have watched enough. We know what's happening. All you gotta do is be mean and, you know... In a way that's kind of funny or snarky and the crowd loves you. Word for Becky Lynch
0: for a while. Sure did.
1: I really don't want to talk about WWE and the whole issue with that, but I believe it involves some real toxic masculinity. <sighs> and some other shittiness.
0: But I'm not sure I completely follow what you're saying, but I'll take your word for it.
1: I could go into some details on that, yeah.
0: I mean Give me a little bit. Just so I have a, a, an understanding of what you're getting at. Uh, are you talking about her or are you talking about her boyfriend? I'm talking
1: about her, her boyfriend, and the fans and what their expectations were of her.
0: Oh.
1: Oh. oh, she has that as a boyfriend. Oh. Well, she's longer the man I can support. And now her gimmicks is getting real tired and old, and she's just saying the same stuff over and over. And as it turns out, she had the absolute weakest person to write promos against. hmm So, you know. It's just... Yeah. It, it's pretty X all around.
0: Yeah, but, but... See, this is the one time we get to talk about it, uh, women's wrestling when we're talking about New Japan. Because there's none here. Yeah, there sure as hell isn't.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. So, getting back to Naito and Juice Robinson. One thing Naito likes to do is take freaking forever to get in the ring and get his entrance gear off. Juice Robinson is outdoing him here. Juice Robinson takes ages to get his ring gear off.
0: Grace, Mm -hmm. no no lie, when I watched this, I was actually cackling out loud. Yeah. I I had a real good time with this bit.
1: This is a really good bit, too, because Juice Robinson peels off one t-shirt after getting his like ring gear off, which he takes forever to take off. Oh, good.
0: He took his shirt off.
1: And under the T-shirt is the exact same T-shirt. <laughs> what? And he's like, "Oh, sorry, I must have accidentally grabbed a couple by accident." Oh, no. And so Did you take that off. He he takes it off, and under that is yet another T-shirt, what? exactly the same as the other two. Oh,
0: you see, you do what you do two. It's it might be a mistake. You do three. That's intentional. Yeah. And
1: as he starts taking off the third one, Naito agrees, and he charges Juice Robinson, and starts attacking him before the bell just a scumbag move. Other than that, there's a lot of mockery in this match of each other. Like, Naito really hates the fact that whenever Juice is punching people, the whole crowd chants,
0: Juice! 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 It's a good thing to chant. Yeah.
1: And Juice Robinson kind of hates the whole thing where Naito doesn't dive on somebody, he just relaxes in the middle of the ring and bumps his fist against his chest and raises it into the air. Oh, try
0: Kilo. Yeah,
1: and then holds one of his eyes wide open to indicate that, yes, he is Asian. Deal with it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they do a lot of this mocking. And in between this mocking, there's some really sloppy action back and forth.
0: Yeah, I've noticed you're talking about a lot of things that aren't wrestling about this match. I think it's kind of telling. Yeah, like the
1: actual wrestling in this, it's like these two aren't not on the same page
0: at all. In kind of a bad way. Yeah, like not in a, you know, advantageous over the other person way. Just in, this is not a good match.
1: No. And at some point they take a bump so awkward that somehow Nido's left ear, I think it was, gets incredibly bloodied. Ugh. Like, we're talking like cauliflower blood just pouring down inside of his face. And just drying there. It's super Gross but it might... I don't know when he cut it. I could not tell in the match. But maybe that caused some equilibrium issues? I don't know. He just did not look 100% here. Mm-mm. So... This match kind of ends with the two of them trading strikes. Juice is the better striker, so he naturally wins out on that. He goes for his finisher, Pulp Friction, and it's reversed into a Brain Buster. Head and neck moves, especially a Naito. So... Naito, after having already hit a uh, Destino earlier in the match, hits a second one full force and wins. Oh, and this is really... Yeah, this sucked. Th- this match wasn't great, and really the only purpose it had was just to keep Tetsuya Naito alive in the tournament. Because I- if he lost this, he was out.
0: And he sacrificed Juice to do
2: it.
1: Yep. It's like they decided, okay, we're going to throw Juice under the bus here. And this match did nothing for me. It felt like nothing. The worst part about it was just seeing all the blood off of uh, Tetsuya United's ear. It was gross.
0: Yeah, I feel like this was too early to have Juice go under the bus. This match should have been later.
1: I agree. But they're trying to save Juice for the build. 16. I agree. It, it's
0: Saving uh, Juice for what build?
1: To... Oh, you know, John Moxie, the guy who took his US title.
0: This is a great way of building them up.
1: Yeah, you know, so... I got theories on what's going to happen there. I don't like any of the theories, but Yeah, Shooter's going to win the title. I would love that, honestly. And we'll talk about that even later as well. He's
0: holding as, on to the belt like this is my belt. I've been holding it this yeah. whole time.
1: He will follow John Moxley anywhere. So Except not to the America. Belt. Yeah, probably. I mean, let's be fair here. Acquiring visas in a timely manner is not New Japan's thing.
0: It's not America's thing either.
1: No, it really isn't. Ugh. Uh. So, speaking of not quite America's thing, let's talk about Jay White.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> what the
1: fuck? Oh, he's a kiwi.
0: He's from New Zealand. Yeah, it's still fucked up. And he's a an <laughs> am-
1: IWGP U.S. champion. What
0: does America have against you know New Zealand?
1: Nothing, except that Jay White held the U.S. title in a really shitty title reign a year or two back. Probably Ah, two years back. It was not a good reign.
0: The IWGP U.S. title doesn't mean anything.
1: Honestly, they really need to do away with it, but they're not going to.
0: No, because they want to expand it to America. Which, you know, (laughs) if it gets us more shows we can go to, yeah, go for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure, but I... I ha- I wonder how well they're actually going to sell out from this point forward, to if they're going to make it worth their while to keep coming out this way.
0: I don't know. I'm just thinking about something. Was there a U.S. title match at G1 Supercard? Um,
1: no, there wasn't, because I think Juice still had the title then. And he was in the hardcore match with Lifeblood what? against Bully Ray and his goons
0: your big show in the u.s and you don't have a u.s title match
1: yeah that's how that oh god i I blame ring of honor for this one owen
0: i can blame them for a lot of things that happen on that show
1: yeah uh, we sure can ring of honor is not a good promotion folks
0: no why do you think they're doing the spirit unleashed uh tour in their neck of the woods without them
1: Exactly. And why do you think even the NWA wants nothing to do with them? Yeah. And the NWA, may I remind everybody, is an old wrestling promotion, but right now it has exactly two wrestlers working for it. And Billy Corrigan. And Billy Corrigan, who is not a wrestler.
0: What do you... Despite all this rage. (laughs) Oh, god damn it. I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. Just get on with the match. Yeah, no. this is Jay White
1: going against... uh, who he calls Mr. Vampire. What? Chi?
0: I missed this.
1: Yeah, Jay White yelled during in the ring, Come on, Mr. Vampire. He, this what is, is a kiwi? True. A kiwi is somebody's from New Zealand.
0: No, it's a miserable pile of lies.
1: <laughs> God damn it, Owen. <laughs> I hate this. It's
0: so easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But enough talk. Have at you. Oh,
1: uh, uh, well... Having at me, rather. Uh, I, I have no good segue here. Mio, no. when, Mio Abe is praying for a man. No! Miho Abe is praying for a man, as so is Rocky Romero. They're both on one knee praying during Tai Chi's intro.
0: And they both got screwed on this one. Well, uh, Tai Chi just.
1: When somebody prays for a man, Tai Chi answers.
0: Why? He doesn't fill the criteria.
1: Tai Chi is technically a man. He feels. How a do you know?
0: Because they're praying for a man owned. Say you don't know this.
2: How do you know that? I have sources. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> the funnier part about this is for those who don't know Tai Chi at all. After he emerges, after being prayed for, God damn it, he starts singing. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Into a micro. <laughs> He starts singing into a microphone stand that is wireless, and does not have any hookups to anything that we can see. It's wireless. It's not apparently.
0: It's wireless, but it's not a wireless mic.
1: Exactly, and also the stand and the microphone never need to be turned on. They never need batteries. But his voice just absolutely echoes through the arena every time, and he sings it perfectly. I don't even think time. that's his voice. Why wouldn't it be his voice, Owen?
0: Because it's bullshit. Tai Chi's bullshit.
1: <laughs> I I think you're just jealous of his beautiful singing voice, Owen. I'm not. Look. I, I I get it, Owen. I too would love someone to be praying for a man and be able to answer. But Tai Chi got there first.
0: I mean you're you're technically in Seattle, Japan. You could have made it over there. I could have,
1: but I, she keeps beating me there first.
0: And also, the g boy keeps changing locations on you and not telling you.
1: Yeah, that doesn't help. It's like, uh, the one time I went to Currican, and there was, like, an entirely different thing going on there. That was awkward.
0: I mean, did you, what did you do? Did you answer someone's prayer? I, no, I, I went down the heel
1: hallway, you know, the one that they answered from, and I was like, I'm here to answer your prayers, mihoabe, and, like, look, let's just say Bingo Knight doesn't appreciate that kind of stuff.
0: Hmm... Did you win at least?
1: No, no. Somebody got Bingo like three turns before me.
0: Was it Jay White?
1: No comment. Son of a bitch has like five cards and a dot thing, whatever. That stupid pen, I hate him.
0: God damn it.
1: But speaking of Jay White, he does try to offer Taichi a wired microphone at the same time. And I'm just glad that there was no feedback between the two mics.
0: Weird, it's as if one of them wasn't connected to anything.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't like the sound got amplified or anything either, so clearly it's good audio work by New Japan. Thank you for not giving me feedback in my head.
0: So, did Tai Chi sing? Tai
1: Chi was singing the whole time. He's been singing every time he enters Owen. We know this. But so I meant with the second microphone, we could have really heard him, right? Well, he started walking away from it because he didn't want any interference for the crowd. I like don't that- know. The feedback is painful to hear, Owen. He's thinking about the people, many of he- whom I might th- have been praying for
0: him. I thought he was a heel. I mean,
1: yes, he is, but... Like, look, there's something. Have you ever seen suzuki Goon try and cause interference or feedback on a microphone?
0: Yes. Lance Archer, every time he gets near the commentary table. Oh,
1: shit, you're right. Yeah, okay, well, Tai Chi's clearly just trying to be polite here.
0: Uh, this, this what I'm saying is like... he's a
1: beautiful singer and you should not judge him even though Jay White tried to get an a live mic in his mouth. Verse. Yeah. So Jay White's thing in this whole G1 has been diving out of the ring as soon as somebody tries to approach him at the after the bell.
0: That's his approach and in every
1: match. Pretty much. But especially during the G1. Mm-hmm. And thing is, Tai Chi also kinda does this. But especially now that Jay White's doing it. So they're both just kind of standing outside the ring looking at one of And it's like, no, you go. No, you go. No, you go. Okay, fine. I'll go. But I'm not going to go. You go. And, Exciting. Yeah. And then they turn towards their seconds by them. Like, Jay White has Gato ringside. Taichi has Yoshinobu Kanamaru by him. They start looking at their uh, opposing seconds and start trying to hunt them down, basically. Until Gato and Kanemaru bump into each other. And as they turn around and realize they're about to go at it, uh, Jay White and Taichi actually start fighting. So. hmm I don't really want to talk about this, but Gato does grab Miho Abe's hair as well. So Gato's a scumbag.
0: Fuck Gato.
1: Yeah. This made me don't- hate this match. Yeah. Don't grab women by their hair and pull them.
0: Especially in Japan.
1: Yeah, it's fucked up, dude. It's
0: like they're already treated bad enough there. You don't have to like physically abuse them.
1: Yeah, precisely. Other than that, there's a lot of cheating, a lot of low blow attempts here, a lot of ref distractions. Um, yeah, heel Kai-chi versus gets... heel is
0: not great. No,
1: heel versus heel in this kind of way, especially when the heels are not like just brutal, mean heels like most of Suzuki-yun, mm-hmm. but legitimate cheating heels all the way through. And yeah, so Tai Chi gets a low blow on Jay White. Gato pulls a ref out before there's a three count. Uh Kanemaru drinks some whiskey, tries to spray it at Jay White. Um and then Sprays tries, tries spraying it at Gato, who hits him in the gut with brass knuckles, and so now Kanemaru's down after spraying it in the air. I don't know if there's actually any real wrestling going on here, Ellen. No, it's
0: just a bunch of bullshit spots. It's a bunch of and bullshit. And stuff, and Gato's getting involved, and suzuki getting involved. It's, it's a mess. Mm-hmm.
1: So, the real thing here is that Tai Chi is getting ready after finally overcoming all the cheating with his own cheating, is going to drive a thrust kick right into Jay White's skull and end the match. But Gato grabs his planting leg, keeps him from uh, throwing his finisher, and Katamaru runs over to Brawl Gato. There's a bunch of finishers being reversed um, Black Mephisto into Blade Runner, back and forth, and Jay White eventually gets off a Blade Runner and wins. Great. Yeah. I, I... And somewhere in all this mix, uh, Milano Collection AT, one of the Japanese commentators, uh, somehow gets Gato's brass knuckles.
0: Because it flew in the air. Yeah. So, <sighs> so I have a couple things about this. Okay. One, how, how am I supposed to feel about this match? Am I supposed to feel happy or mad? Because both of these people are scumbags. Well, and they both cheated.
1: In Japan, there's been a lot of crowds getting behind Tai Chi as of late. Well, they're dumb. They might be dumb, but they're still getting behind Tai Chi as of late. He's not, he's not singing. Ever- Stop. He's he's totally singing. Come on. Don't really vanilla this man. He, I can't. We're- he's already doing it. Well, no, he's... Owen, oh, it's a very good wireless microphone. My God.
0: Alright, if you say so.
1: I insist.
0: And two... I've completely given up on the Iron Fingers ever showing up again.
1: I don't think the Iron Claw is ever going to show up again.
0: It's stupid.
1: Which why was it using
0: one match and then just not even like referenced?
1: I think he just wanted to make one reference to uh, Izka Takashi and then, yeah, that's it. You know, just he'll carry him around like he making himself look like an elderly goof, but that's it.
0: Awful. They should just do the thing that I said on last week's Premium Podcast.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. Uh, Also, at the end, um, Jay White tries to sit down in commentary and take over broadcasting, but then decides it's a waste of his time. Thank God. And thank goodness for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really feel great about this match, but... Japan hates Jay White way more, and of course he stymied them, and continues to be making his way back into the picture for the G1 Championship. Great. I hate it. Yep. And that brings us to our main event. Fuck, yes! Night 12. I want you to be talking about this one, because this is Hiroki Goto, the samurai warrior himself, going up against the stone pit bull Tomohiro Ishii.
0: I don't know what to say about this besides yo you want to see two people beat the fucking shit out of each other? This is your match. This is strong style as hell.
1: Yeah this is the Japanese strong style here. These two are throwing forearms at each other just to see who can stagger each other um, more than the other. And let's be clear here folks. This is Japanese strong style. They do not ease up on those hits. They are legitimately hitting each other in the chest with forearms.
0: Or the side of their faces. With elbows. Or
1: sometimes side of their faces, yeah.
0: It's sick, and the thing is, like, these two fought, I believe, last year, and that was when Goto was a bit heavier and a little slower. Mm-hmm. This is a much better shaped Goto, and like, what he makes, uh, what he uh, what he lost in like you know weight and size, he made up for in strength and endurance, and this ruled.
1: Yeah, like Goto, he had like one or two good matches in himself last year, and he put a lot into those matches, but the rest he couldn't do anything with because he just would get gassed.
0: Yeah, one of them was against
1: Yes, indeed. Well, and one of the good ones. And this one. Yeah, one of the good ones, for sure. The other one, Kenny Omega. Yes. Um, yeah, here, it's like, he's been putting on good matches overall. Like, not like, I wouldn't say MVP level matches, but... His opponent his has... Uh, we'll talk about that near the end of the tournament. Um, I think Ishii is definitely one of the top three in this entire G1.
0: He hasn't had a single bad match and he's made each of his opponents look better than they have the rest of the tournament. Mm -hmm. And Goto is one of those people.
1: I think there's a couple people doing that and Ishii is definitely, as always, a consummate worker.
0: Well, yeah, the other ones I would say also doing that is Okada and uh, Moxley. Though Moxley has kind of... Yeah, you know, we'll talk about. It. He, I don't know. He's kind of. I uh, I have some
1: disagreement with Moxley on there. I would say Okada definitely. The other one I would say is Osprey.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with that.
1: Like Will Osprey for all his injuries, is just doing everything he can to put everybody over, and you know he he has his own weakness with his finisher
2: and his that, size,
1: and his size yes because he's a junior heavyweight and a legitimate junior heavyweight competing against heavy. I don't
0: know what you're talking about. Why why did they bring in legitimate?
1: Uh, I mean, look, he's not trying to, you know, pose to the camera or whatever the heck a trickery is that I don't understand that you were talking about.
0: It's quite easy. It's just forced perspective.
1: I really, I really don't understand this in the least. I'm so confused.
0: Production magic, baby.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So,
1: there... Go to just some... A few weird spots here, but overall, there is some... Really good strikes. They're just bashing <laughs> the hell out of each other. Um, yeah, this is
0: the kind of this is the type of match that you don't like run down move for move. You just say, "Yo, you should watch this because they just beat the hell out of each other."
1: And and some like the improvised moves were like just gnarly. Like normally, occasionally there's like Ushiguroshis where basically it'll be a fireman carry slam into his knee mm-hmm. um, for Gotō. Or a reverse GTR where he does a club across um, the guy's back into his knee. In one case here, he just flings Ishii's head into his knee. Hell yeah. And it's like, okay, I don't know what kind of move that is, but it looks like it hurts.
0: It's it's, uh, head to knee.
1: Yeah. And also there's trading headbutts back and forth, which... Oh, Jesus. It's like, that is never safe. And you can... There is a trademark sound for anybody's ever clunked their head against a wall or another person's head. You know that sound and what it f- sounds like when you connect with somebody else's skull legitimately. Mm-hmm. And you hear it here. And that ain't good. Like, you cannot fake that nearly as much as you need to.
0: These are crazy. No.
1: Yeah. But Goto does get the upper hand here. He reverses Ishii's finisher, the vertical drop brain buster. Hits what he intended to be, I'm sure, an Ushiguroshi, but it's actually an attitude adjustment because he misses his knee. So it's just basically John Cena's finisher. You can't see him. I I didn't see it hit his knee, that's for sure. Bang! And then drags Ishii up, clubs him across the chest into his knee for the proper GTR Goto revolution. Go to wins by pinfall. This match, strong style as fuck.
0: Yeah, this was great, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I I and was bummed out that Ishii lost, but it looked like they're setting up Go to make a last second run. But also Ishii's not eliminated either, so he could still be like he would he could have lost this match and still, you know, have a run at the end here.
1: B block is wide open. I think there's only two or three people that are eliminated from it right now. Uh huh. And yeah, all it took all that changed to tide in this match was a single headbutt to Ishii's neck. Like holy it's shit! Ishi's
0: weakness—that's
1: Ishi's weakness—the neck that we thought he'd
0: never had. Turns out it was just hard to find.
1: It's hard to find. Yep. You know, I mean, look—if if it's your weakness, the best thing you can do is bulk up so that it kind of you know sinks into your body. Exactly. Smart. If you if you hide your neck, nobody can find it and nobody can hurt you.
0: Oh, yeah, what they say, protect your neck.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, oh, and that's night 12. Let's talk about your favorite matches. Yeah, this
0: this was, of course, the main event, so I'm going to say. Of course, you got to watch that. I'm going to say it every time Ichi's up. You know me. Yeah, I know you. Um, Mox and Yano, too.
1: Yeah, you want to watch Mox and Yano. First loss for Mox, also a funny as hell match.
0: Also, I'm going to throw it out there. Kagi and Gob. You know, it wasn't bad. I would say if you're really
1: short on time, you can skip it, but... Yeah, it's a little bonus. Definitely.
0: If you want a third match, you're feeling good, because Yano and Mox is uh, short, throw it in there.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I will tell you, I am getting more and more impressed by Takagi as this tournament progresses. He's getting better and better.
0: Yeah. Like, maybe he should actually bulk up and enter the heavyweight division.
2: Yeah,
1: I I think he's already doing that a little bit if I'm uh-huh. looking at his body. mm uh-huh. Look, he didn't have that kind of a gut when he started.
0: Well, he should probably gain weight a different way.
1: Yeah, you know, that's that's. I agree there. So, that brings us to Night 13, Owen.
0: Oh, our one and only A Block uh, show of this podcast. That's
1: right, the seventh day of A Block, taking place August 3rd in Osaka. Osaka. And six days remaining, I gotta say, Owen... The set they had here for Osaka was really good.
0: It was great. I was going to... If you didn't mention it, I was going to mention it. Like, it's like yeah. a WWE style uh, one with all screens.
1: It's like, yeah, a triple wide screen, and they use it to its full advantage. It makes all these wrestlers look like complete stars. And the
0: ramp, like, elevated ramp. Like, it was good.
1: It was... Yeah, it was extremely good. I'm I'm thrilled with how they made Osaka look. And also, Chris Charlton is back.
0: Hey, Chris Charlton. Who is the
1: historian. Of New
0: Japan, even though Kevin's got a new friend on uh, on Twitter, the last stats.
1: I, I don't care about that guy's stats. Those guys' stats suck. Oh, what? I mean, they're they're good stats. I've like, enjoyed uh, don't them. Don't get me wrong,
0: but like they're not as good as Chris Charlton's. Stats. Well, no, because story. he's a starry. This is more of hear stats about the current tournament.
1: I'm just saying, I could have been tweeting these at Kevin Kelly this whole time.
0: Why didn't, didn't you? Bother. You fucked up. You could have gotten name-dropped on New Japan World. I could have, but it's like, you know, they, these don't mean anything. You know what I'd
1: rather? I'd rather get my EW stats together and start dropping some knowledge on Tony Khan. Do it, you coward. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Do it on progressing.cool. cool. I
0: will. Don't tell me I won't. I will. Alright, there you go. we little preview. Yeah, exactly. Get ready for it. But yeah, this this set ruled. I it was great. Also, mm-hmm. uh, one stat we got from Chris Charlton though is that uh, Osaka is cursed, and we'll find out why later. Oh yeah,
1: Osaka is very cursed, and I was we'll see well, I was wondering continues. about that, and I was like,
0: oh okay, so this is a thing forever. Great. Mm-hmm.
1: So okay, there's a couple things here going on during the tag matches that I absolutely have to call out. Mm-hmm number one there is an all young lion tag team now for those who don't know young lions are basically the trainees slash jobbers of new japan they're always intended to dress in a certain way their moveset is intentionally limited and they are punished if they venture outside of that moveset Mm -hmm. and the other thing they're supposed to do other than they always lose because they're the trainees I was gonna say that's, slash jobbers. That's
0: the thing they do is always lose.
1: But when they're entering, they're always supposed to run to the ring as quickly as possible. Um, one of them, Yodasuji does not do this on his way to the ring Uh-oh. during the first match. So I guarantee you, if Yodasuji was told he had to run to the ring and did not run to the ring, he will be doing squats for the rest of the night.
0: That's unfortunate.
1: I'm not even joking about that. That has been told before as a story when they mess up a move or something like that. They'll be doing squats for the next couple matches or that sort of thing. Not running through the ring, pretty big offense. And
0: that's bad because you're the first match of the night.
1: Yeah, it's like you need to have a hot open. Come on, what are you doing there, Suji? Yeah,
0: this is a three-hour show, buddy.
1: Yeah, like we, we got to you know chop chop.
0: No, 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 no don't say that. <laughs>
1: okay, yeah, sure. And sure. flashbacks. <laughs> oh, God. Hell. <laughs> Hell. um <laughs> turd. Yeah. So there's also another weird match where um, Yano, who is part of the <laughs> faction Chaos. I love this. Is um, teamed with Jeff Cobb, who is not part of a faction. He's on loan from Ring of Honor. And Tomoki Honma, hey, who Hanma. is part of the faction.
2: Yeah, hey, it's Honma.
1: Um, he's part of the faction, uh, great bash heel, which he's one of the only two remaining members of it. Mm -hmm. And so Yano teamed with them against three members of chaos. So naturally what does Yano do? He walks over to the three chaos members and says, I'm with them. Four and two handicap match. Here we go. can't do that. And that's what the ref says. And Yano's like, wait a minute. What do you mean? I'm with them. They're chaos. We're all chaos. And starts a chaos chant.
0: <laughs> I love when and, he starts chanting the crowd. and was like, yeah, okay. And the,
1: the crowd will do any chant Yano wants him to do.
0: True. It's pretty great.
1: So, yeah, it, and Yano is eventually convinced to go back to his side and help out his team of Jeff Cobb and Tamiyaki Hanma, except when chaos ends up winning the match, and he runs over to English commentary. He's like, chaos, chaos wins. I win. <laughs> again, and, that's not how that works. Which, Kevin Kelly him that's not how it works. Your teammates are down, you should help them up. And he's like, no, I win! And he runs away victorious. So, uh, one of the winners of your tag matches, uh, Torriano, Yano, congratulations. congrats. And then the other thing I'm going to bring up here.
0: <laughs> oh, I love this. I'm going to sit back. This is all you, man. Uh, well, we'll get into this
1: in the next match as well. I'm just going to give you a little amuse-bouche, if you will. Oh, boy. Um, Chase Owens is coming out for an introductory match Oh, your favorite And he's wearing Oh, yeah, well He's wearing a PUBG shirt And so he goes right at the camera And he takes the corner of the shirt that has the PUBG look on it And he moves it towards the camera As if that's a big, bad thing for a big boy to do And Kevin Kelly's like Oh, great, you play PUBG, big whoop Good for you And, you know
0: If he was a real gamer, Ke- he'd play Fortnite
1: I mean, he'd have a better chance of winning money that way.
0: True. So. Yeah,
1: Chase Owens, known bad streamer. We'll get to that in very, very shortly. Uh Uh-huh. He also throws Chris Charlton off of the commentary desk and sits down in his spot and starts commenting. Hold on. He literally threw him. He literally threw him. You could see in the wide cam, he throws Chris Charlton down one of the... um, The halls or one of the little aisles for um yeah, for spectators.
0: Two things. One that's fucked up. Two, I hope he consulted him about that before doing it.
1: I hope so, because something to point out, Chris Charlton is definitely not a wrestler. He is a skinny twig of a British man who lives in Japan. So yeah. But Chase Owens sticks here because and sticks around for commentary for a little while. Because we've got a bad match coming up, Owen. Yeah, by 6-round for
0: a while, you only 6-round for one match.
1: Yeah. Thank and God. It is probably... This is in the running, Owen, for my worst match of the entire G1.
0: Uh, I need to look back at the other Fonline matches before I say that. <laughs> well,
1: there's a common thread there, isn't there? I
0: mean, the ZSJ match is up there. I was... Uh, well, at least Zach won that one. Yeah, but it was also a count-out.
1: Yeah. It was I'm just saying, fat. If you give me a top ten worst matches of the G one climax, um, it's, you're only really searching for one match.
0: You mean top top nine worst matches? Top nine worst and matches. And you are all folly.
1: <laughs> it's just a big old rank of folly, 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 folly. What what should he do? Um, a retired, bitch. There it is, folly. I don't care if this is a free podcast. <laughs> if you hear this, dude, you're slow. You're out of shape. You have these weird conspiracy theories that aren't entertaining in the least anymore. Bullet Club is going downhill because of you. Retire, bitch. Go back to your dojo. Train some young kids to do your job.
0: Someone please isolate and send it to Folly, And and let them know that I had nothing to do with this.
1: Owen doesn't need to have anything to do with this. This is between me, Trey Sevens, and Bad Luck Folly, Bad Match Folly. <laughs> G- give me your
0: home screen. address while you're at it. <laughs>
1: Look, I'm not doxing myself. What am I, ESA?
0: <laughs> no, he might be John's friend, though. Oh, he, I mean, he did that on one of the episodes I wasn't on. Oh, Jesus. That's <laughs> Love it.
1: No words. <laughs> Internet. So, Bad Match probably calls himself the Rogue General, whatever that means.
0: Oh, yeah, he's got to go rally the troops and invade Area 51. Yet...
1: His uh theme music still starts off with saying the underboss. Hey Which was his original good nickname.
0: Yeah, well listen, pal. Getting mm-hmm. music to be, you know, redone so you can relicense it is hard. They they don't have budget to license music. Let me
1: offer an alternative, Owen. Just cut the part that says the underboss out and just start with the rest. No, it's cool shit. <laughs> No, I mean it's not now. I mean it wasn't really cool when it was the underboss, anyways, because it's not. It's like really weirdly pronounced too. The underboss. Well,
0: who? Who's the boss? Um, Jay White, basically. Oh, the answer is Sasha Banks. Come on, this is a wrestling podcast. That was an easy you one.
1: Mercedes KV.
0: Nah, she's, she hasn't left yet. Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. She's still she's still there. Hmm. They're doing a, a, so, a WWE showcase thing with her involved, so...
1: Oh, okay, so they're trying to do something to keep her relevant.
0: Yeah, because she's not doing a great job of herself.
1: Nope. Well, I mean, well, when you're sitting on your butt, refusing to work for the BS that they're throwing your way, I mean, it kind of kind of shows. Hmm? So, I really don't want to talk about this matchup. Yeah, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm trying to talk over. about other things. So, Fala gets a weak-ass roll up on Kenta and wins after a bunch of cheating. It fucking sucks. Rather, I want to focus on Chase Owens. Here we go! So, Chase Owens, talking about PUBG, talking about streaming, he actually drops his Twitch username. I am someone who has followed Chase Owens in the past on Twitch. I am someone who has watched him. And I can tell you, with no hesitation, he is one of the worst fucking streamers I've ever witnessed. He doesn't know how to categorize his streams on Twitch, so that sometimes when he's obviously playing PUBG, because all he fucking plays is PUBG, he doesn't play anything else, he just plays PUBG, it doesn't show him playing a game. And so he's not discoverable unless you knew his username was Crown Jewel BC, which why would you, except for maybe the one time you heard him mention it somewhere? It's terrible. When he gets on there... He's just on an Xbox... Streaming from the Xbox... In a really shitty bitrate... Mumbling to friends that he doesn't seem to give a shit about... That they're talking on stream... About stuff that has nothing to do with the stream itself... And not even, like interesting like stuff that might dox him... Or be embarrassing or stuff like that... Just like... Really, really mumbly, awful crap... And as somebody who has done shitty streams with awful, mumbly crap... I can tell you, I could outstream this motherfucker any day. Hell, I have 300 less followers than him, and I'm not even a celebrity. I have 750 or so followers. He has like 1,050. Like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He doesn't know how to market his own stream. He doesn't know how to stream whatsoever. Chase Owens, stop fucking streaming. At some point, I'm going to pull out... My stream again, I'm gonna start doing it and I'm gonna show you how it's done right and I will outdraw you, son. And not only that, I will actually get more chat activity than your goddamn chat because I went to the last stream you had, and you had like maybe four people chatting the entire time. One of them being real dominant the whole time, like, Hey you should pick up that weapon, hey you should do that, hey you need to go behind that tree and avoid that with gunfire. So I was like fuck dude. Do you really need to tell him that? You know, Kenny Omega streams, like, maybe once a year. And his streams are infinitely more watchable than anything Chase Owens has ever done. Chase Owens, retire from Twitch,
0: bitch. Got him! I didn't have my air horn ready.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Just imagine just imagine, it. imagine air horn.
0: I, it's like,
1: oh, my dude, th- that guy is just terrible at streaming. It irritates the hell out of me that he doesn't... It It wouldn't irritate me... As much if he had done something to try and improve his streams. The only improvement I've ever seen from him is that he's actually labeling his streams as I am playing PUBG now. And let's be clear, before he wasn't saying, I'm playing just chatting or something like that that's still discoverable. He was saying, I'm playing nothing. Can't find that on Twitch. If you have nothing on your Twitch channel for what you're playing, it's not going to show it anywhere except for people who are following you already.
0: So what you're saying is that you Mm -hmm. and I just stream some Fortnite to compete with him.
2: Owen,
1: I'm going to put this hot take out there. You and I, if we regularly streamed Fortnite, and by regularly I mean like once or twice a week at
0: most. I mean, I, 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 I I play it anyway, I could do that. Yeah, you and I could do that, and I
1: bet you, with enough of a reasonable schedule, one to two hours a day, or one to two hours each time, I should say, just twice a week, we could eventually outdraw Chase Owens. Relatively easy, I think.
0: Let's do it. Fuck him. Let's do it. Fuck him. And your stream Did... title should just be "Fuck Chase Owens."
1: I will. I don't know if I can say "Fuck Chase Owens" there, um, in the stream title. I think I have to keep profanity out of there, but I can F- say
0: "Star, Star, Star, Chase Owens."
1: I would just say Chase Owens is a bad streamer. Here's some Fortnite.
0: But anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah, exactly. I just have Wonderwall looping I mean. in the background.
1: is going to be the Actually, day I'm going to play a better game.
0: I think that Somehow Twitch would probably flag you that. for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably.
0: Good news, I'm on the premier Fortnite streaming platform of Mixer, so I'm fine. Yeah, I
1: mean, honestly, we could probably both go on Mixer have a squad stream, and we'd still outdraw Chase on Twitch. Ooh, squad stream. Hell yeah, let's do it. I'm in. Squad streams are good.
0: I've done a few of those. Those are are actually legitimately fun. And you and I did it for Forza.
1: Yeah, exactly. Squad streams are good, and they're implemented in uh, Mixer way better than they are on Twitch, where on Twitch, if you do it, it doesn't merge chats, and whichever the main window is is the only one that gets the viewers.
0: Yeah, that's terrible.
1: So I'll be watching partners try and use that, and their friends get like two to three viewers, and they get 400.
0: All right. We should plug our mixers right now, then.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on slash peace egg.
0: Is it peace egg? Peace egg, yes. It's spelled out. I have to make sure because you know, peace egg is also. P-E- that's P E A C
1: E E G G.
0: I'm uh, the ozone without space.
1: It's me. And even if we never stream again, we'll still be better streamers than Chase Owens.
0: I mean I, I wanna stream. Yeah, me too. We'll
1: get to it again heck, at some point. Yeah. After the G1. Oh
0: yeah, of course after the G one. <laughs> I mean we'll just compress, we'll decompress, we'll play a bunch of shooty guns, do some flossy yeah. dances. It'll be fun.
1: I mean you'll do the flossy dances. I'll just be like, I don't know.
0: Something. One of my characters does the one floss floss, which is pretty good. I bet it is. It's it's because the, the robot in the last... Remember the robot event from last season? Yep. One of the arms got ripped off, and after it killed the monster, it did a one-arm floss because it literally only had one arm. Nice. And then they, That's pretty and good. And then they put that as in a am- moot, but you just put your other arm behind your back. Still pretty good. It's real good.
1: So, we should probably get back to the wrestling.
0: What? Now. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, just for the sake of time.
0: Yeah, we should get moving.
1: Yeah, let's get moving on this one, because yeah, we've talked a lot about the last day. And there's some matches I really want to get to here. So. This is not I mean, one of them! I, this is definitely not one of them. This is the first Lance Archer match I genuinely disliked. It's your
0: and it's your Kami son against your uh, homicidal son. Which is
1: crazy, because I like both these wrestlers. I like Lance Archer. I like Zack Sabre Jr. They have no chemistry together. Well, I mean, they, they they even talk a little bit of trash, and it's still not
0: good enough. Hold on, you're saying that Lance Archer isn't a good technical wrestler and Zack Sabre Jr. isn't a good brawler?
1: I mean, that much goes without saying, but the thing about pro wrestling is, good wrestlers can take different styles and still find ways to make them mesh and turn into real, fun, competitive affairs. Oh
0: well, yeah, that's like mixing peanut butter and chocolate, but this is like yeah, mixing peanut butter with concrete.
1: It, that's basically what it is, and we're not even throwing it at a politician or anything.
0: Yes, uh, but it, well, actually, Zach Sabre Jr. is at the prime minister.
1: Yeah, please, <laughs> Zach Sabre Jr. Bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> the one good move I will say that happened here is so Lance Archer's got his little pounce derailer.
0: I, I like and, the name of that.
1: Yeah, and where he runs into the uh, perpendicular ropes from the other opponent, and just pounces on him and just throws him aside. Um, Zack Sabre takes this and just jumps on Lance Archer and locks in a guillotine hold.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And a good old guillotine choke. Very cool move. Um, Lance Archer walks the ropes. That's cool. Um, Didn't really mean anything because Zack Sabre Jr. crotched him. Oh, no. Um, Then there's a bunch of EBD claw threats. Um, And I think at some point, Archer gets the power move ready. He gets ready to do blackout. Zack Sabre Jr. locks in a sleeper hold, then rolls Archer up into a crucifix pin, gets a three count. And it's a good finish, but this match stunk to high heaven.
0: Yeah. Like, I kind of, like, zoned out during it. I'm like, do something.
1: Yeah, it's like Zack is just doing his basic wrap around the guys and try submission holds. And Lance Archer just seems to be going for a couple signatures and the EBD claw. It is just
0: paint it. by numbers. Nothing interesting.
1: Right. Oh, and a couple huge ass choke slams, which, I mean, Zack Sabre Jr. is basically junior heavyweight weight, so he can fly pretty high. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, this is not the best outing for either the American Psycho or Captain Techers. Sorry, folks. Yep. And and for that reason, it might actually affect my MVP thoughts for Lance Archer, because he really... This is the dive right here.
0: It's unfortunate. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you were really high on him, but then this happened.
1: Yeah, then this happened. And then I got surprised by the next match, Owen. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah, this one I did not expect to be good, and it was amazing. This is probably one of the better matches of the entire G1. And... I may have said this repeatedly during this night. This is where Night 13 got really, really good. This point right here.
0: Yeah, and also I want to say that Evil, uh, if it wasn't for his really slow start, he could be up there for MVP.
1: He could be, absolutely. Like, he... His early matches were not great, but... That Kenta match was abysmal. Oh, God, it was so terrible. And this match... Is where he really started pushing it. Well, he was, he was stepping it up, and I think he was finding somebody he jived with really well. Which is Will. Music has been altered due to music rights. Osprey, the aerial assassin himself, Will Osprey.
0: You know my favorite part been- about his music being altered this time. What's that? They had the warning up, and then they put the warning up over top of the warning.
1: I know, right? They had two warnings up above one another. Like for real, though, we've altered this. <laughs> Yeah, it's like... Uh, by the way, we've altered the music. No, we, no, seriously, we've altered the music. Pretty but, good.
0: Um, yeah, so...
1: Osprey is a very good high flyer. He is... That's an
0: understatement.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like... It's probably worth saying he's probably the best high flyer in the business right now. And that is hmm. very much arguable because there are, like, two other people that could take that I was about to him.
0: say... Uh, Ricochet is pretty good. Yeah,
1: Ricochet being the other one. Remember, and Seth and <laughs> you motherfucker. Where's my darkness? Here, I'm gonna start throwing some in the. Room I don't know he's
0: gonna tweet me about his paycheck now.
1: <laughs> uh, you're taking food off his table, motherfucker.
0: Oh man, you're just jealous of my hot girlfriend. Uh, so,
1: speaking of throwing. Darkness chairs into the ring. Osprey frustrates Evil so much early on oh. in this match, just completely making him look like a joke. Oh,
0: I thought you were going to say, speaking of throwing shade, here's some darkness chairs.
1: I mean, that too. <laughs> but it's like, Evil is having such a problem at the beginning of this match, and not like real problems, but like storyline problems, that he even gets a darkness chair out. And as he tries starting the ring, the darkness chair starts to unfold and it bounces off, back off the ropes and so he can't shove it under the rope so he just throws it above and out to which Osprey grabs the darkness chair and starts clapping it back together and he actually starts a crowd clap with that is
0: Will Osprey the new king of darkness?
1: that's a good question Owen I'm going to say based on what we see following this, no
0: no, of course not
1: No. in fact later on Will Osprey does get a chair wrapped around his neck And sells a home run chair so well, which for those who don't know the spot, you're supposed to, when somebody puts a chair around your neck, just so you don't take neck damage from actually having another chair hit that chair.
0: Yeah, he should really not do that.
1: Yeah, as the other chair hits, you know, the chair that's around your neck, you push it off, making it look like it got knocked off with a hard swing.
0: Yep, And
1: that way, it doesn't hit your neck, it doesn't actually compress against your neck at all. And it looks silly as hell, but that's kind of Evil's thing. Is His moves look silly as hell, but he's the king of darkness. Who cares?
0: And he wants to bring with a giant scythe. Come on.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep. And in this case, Will Osprey sells that so perfectly that while the chair only goes flying up the ramp, Evil makes it look like it went flying into the um, absolute depths of the crowd, like 470 feet. It's a home run. It's out of here. Hit all the bases.
0: Yeah, what I was going to say is, of all the people you don't want to actually take neck damage from this move, Will Ospreay's at the top of the list.
1: And that's a really good point to bring up, is that Will Ospreay has legitimate neck damage, and has probably for the last year or so. And while he hasn't been 100%, he is still fighting like hell to try and do uh, a little bit of his old repertoire, if you will. Mm -hmm. But, you know... A neck injury is a neck injury, and it definitely still slows him down a little bit here and there, which is kind of scary, given if this is a slowed-down Will Ospreay, I almost shudder to think about what a fully healthy Will Ospreay would be at this point.
0: I mean, did we see one at the G1 Supercard?
1: Yeah, we did. That was a brutal match. Yeah. That was... Wow. Heck Yeah. He, he's he's good.
0: Yeah, so it was Jeff Cobb when he's motivated.
1: Yep. I mean, look, Jeff Cobb didn't have any jet lag or anything or any any heat issues or anything like that to worry about. They had a great match. I was
0: going to say, jet lag, it should be an issue. We're in night 13, but, yeah, heat night issues. Night 13, yeah. jet
1: lag takes a long while to work itself out, Owen. With, My goodness. the
0: heat, though, I get.
1: The heat, for sure. So, Osprey... Does probably another psychological foul. This one, I will permit, not gripe about too much, but a lot of the lighter guys do this. They try to have stri- striking affairs with the heavier guys. Whoopsies. Yeah, it's like, evil's thick, man. He's got thick fists, he's thick. got a thick body. He's, he is going to hurt you. And he does. Thickness is evil. Th- Owen? Yes? Owen? Everything... Is evil.
0: Wait, even this podcast? Even this podcast is evil. Even like uh, rain on your wedding day.
1: No, that's ironic, but also <laughs> Owen.
0: Yes, it's
1: evil. Oh shit, it's also evil. Okay. Yes. I mean, Jesus, all those wedding plans and <laughs> that freaking
0: irony. Uh, I'm so glad you you went along with that. Uh,
1: look. <laughs> You don't have to pay for it, but it's free advice.
0: I mean, you you need to pay for it on the other weeks.
1: On the other weeks, yes. (laughs) Not this week. Mm. Such irony. So, Evil hits Darkness Falls for two, but then... This is probably the craziest move. Evil has a standing STO where he slams a guy down into the ring. And basically knocks her head against the mat, and that's it for them. That's everything is evil.
0: Yes, he has an actual move called Everything is Evil. It's
1: actually called Everything is Evil. And Rocky loses the shit. Yeah, Rocky
0: just goes, Everything is
2: evil! And,
0: and, and holds it until the pin's over. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like how uh, Kevin Kelly does Destino. <laughs> yep, exactly. Or Rainmaker or a lot of moves.
1: Indeed. But somehow, note how I talked about that move being straight down into the map. Yeah. Somehow, Will Osprey turns that into a last-ride powerbomb. Yeah. That involves... I don't even know how it works, but it works, and it looks beautiful. I don't know how he twisted, contorted
0: his body to flip that around, but he did.
1: Yeah, he somehow contorts his body and lifts Evil up and power bombs him down full last-ride. Remember, he's thick. In the process, And yes, remember, Evil is a very, very big boy. This is amazing. Not to mention that Evil... Right after that, tries a Lariat on Osprey, which gets him a standing Spanish Fly. Oh
2: my and God. then,
1: immediately afterwards, Osprey, moving at like the speed of light, hits an Oscutter. It, it's all super cool.
0: But here's the, here's the thing, though. Yeah. Only one move can get you the win if you're Will Osprey in the G1.
1: <laughs> yep, every other move has not gotten him the win. He needs to hit the Stormbreaker, and unfortunately, that involves lifting your opponent above your head, on your shoulder, and injured neck for a good period of time before spinning him down.
0: i I say, he did the last ride power bomb? so should be, it shouldn't be an issue, right? He d- didn't totally fuck himself up doing that. Yeah, he didn't, but
1: for some reason, he can't hold uh, evil up in the Stormbreaker, much like everybody else he's encountered that he's lost against. And, yeah, uh, he... Manders reverses his way into a Robinson special, a nice little strike when Evil's on the ground, but then he tries a Super Oz cutter instead. And as is kind of the rule of wrestling, if your normal finisher didn't work, if your normal signature didn't work, trying to do it in a super form immediately afterwards is guaranteed to cost you the match. Yep. And so, sure enough, Evil catches him, Turns it into two brutal Millennium Suplexes, which hit right on the neck, by the way. Ugh. And hits the ropes, hits a gigantic fucking Lariat on Osprey. And then hits Everything is Evil. That's the match. This was an incredible match, Owen.
0: Yeah, this was... Uh, I texted you at Jarsaldos. I said, how do you follow that? Holy and shit. And I just, like, heh, heh. Yeah. But yeah, and then, then the graphic came up. I went, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, because, Owen, oh, the next match, we'll just roll into it because, holy crap, these three matches are probably the best string of three matches yeah. in the entire G1. Yeah, we need to keep rolling. This is Kota Ibushi, the Golden Star, versus the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi.
0: Oh, you mean the rematch of the G1 finals of last year?
1: Yes, exactly. And it is that kind of crowd. The crowd is already hyped up from the last match. And they're mostly behind Tanahashi because Tanahashi is always the one everybody adores the most. And
0: also, you have to remember that the uh, the finals have no time mm-hmm. limit. Uh, yes. This has 30 minutes, and their finals match went 33.
1: Yep. And so there's a lot of talk about, oh, this could probably be a draw if they go on like that. Mm-hmm. But, Owen, oh, they don't go on like that. Tanahashi, to his credit, does... Really good psychology, better than I usually see him go for, when he is just focusing on nothing but Ibushi's legs. Because his ankle's fucked. He's just... Yeah. Ibushi's ankle is fucked, and so Tanahashi is just ripping it down, stomping on it, dragon screwing it, twisting it, bending it. It is a bad situation, and he's like, he's focusing entirely on that. Okay. Whereas Ibushi's trying to do his usual stuff, and... uh it ain't so successful when your ankle's fucked.
2: Yeah,
0: it's useful when you have a twisty leg move on someone with a bad ankle.
1: Yeah, it's right in Tanahashi's wheelhouse. And Ibushi, he, to his credit, he his kicks are stiff. His strikes are hard. If you try and drop kick him and he jumps up and he lands on your chest with a double stomp, Jesus. it hurts like hell. It's a, it's a nasty He keeps stomp.
0: doing that. It impresses me every single time.
1: And also, it kind of... It's wince-worthy, right? For sure.
0: I mean, you gotta land somewhere. It's gonna be on his chest. Whoopsies.
1: Yeah. Real clean, real nasty, real vicious. That said, Tanahashi's biggest fault is after they're both kind of knocked down, he starts getting back up and he decides I'm going to start slapping Ibushi. Do not slap or insult Kota Ibushi. He rises up with a righteous anger that is basically him trembling and just going red in the face. And, I mean, not l- literally going red in the face. I mean, like, you can just see kind of just a red sheen drop across his eyes. where it's just like, he's about to go blank and hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. And, my goodness, Owen. Yeah? Uh, the commentary says it best. It's like, I don't know what who hurt Ibushi In his childhood to make him go like this. But it's obviously not something you want to invoke in him.
0: Yeah, because this Ibushi is un-fucking-stoppable.
1: And he starts what looks like the most legitimate slap fight with Tanahashi, where he is basically slapping the taste out of his mouth. Tanahashi, slapping back as hard as he can, actually busts uh, Ibushi's uh, mouth open. I think makes him bite his tongue or something like that, because he's bleeding afterwards.
0: Oh, I have a question. Yeah. Have we had a Bushi versus Okada yet?
1: I don't believe we have. That is actually going to be
0: Okada's final match. Oh, because I was going to say, if koda has got this kind of fire behind him, I think he could even beat Okada.
1: I think he could, and I think that's going to be a legitimate A-block. Decider? That could potentially, that could decide the A-block right there. We don't know that for sure yet. That could be the main we event. Have, yeah, we have... Two more matches after this podcast for every individual, but Kodabushi is still very much in A Block contention.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That said, uh, Kanashi does get the upper hand. Hits huge twists and shouts. Hits a gigantic sling blade Hold on. that basically puts Ibushi on his neck.
0: Number one, holy fucking shit! How do you how do you land on your neck from that move? Mm-hmm. Number 2, is that how you do the plural of, of twist and shout? Is it twists no, and it shout is or is it
1: twist and shouts? It's twist and shouts.
0: Okay, I wasn't sure. I just wanted, I just wanted an official, you know, call on that.
1: No, that's just me typing quickly. Okay, I just
0: I wasn't sure cuz both sounded legit.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely tw- cuz I think it's based on the it could be twist and shout. It could be, but I think it's based on the song Twist and Shout. Because okay. a lot of stuff is uh, Tanahashi's rock-based.
0: He does rock-based stuff? Yeah, he's got an air guitar. He totally he's, didn't he's, have that segment where he did air guitar stuff for like a half hour after the show. That we didn't talk okay. about.
1: Yeah, well, I try not to because I just gloss over it unless he wins the G1. And
0: then he gets to do a full concert.
1: And he basically did last year.
0: <laughs> I mean, and he basically did a couple nights ago.
1: Yeah, it's true. And that was real weird, because he was really fucked up after that match.
0: Yeah, I think he just didn't know where he was. He's like, did I win the thing? Okay. Throw me back my guitar.
1: (laughs) Tanahashi has been in the business for 16 years. He, uh, he's an old guy. Dang. And so he hits aces high on Ibushi, but he goes for high fly flow. Ibushi, still furious, rolls out of the way. Does a little Shinsuke Nakamura yow, yow. And throws a knee into Tanahashi. That's a Bomae, folks. It looks sick. It does. Tanahashi tries to recover with the flash pin. It doesn't matter. Ibushi kicks out, hits him in the head very stiffly twice. And then grabs his arms, rip cords him into his knee for a kamagoye. This looks fucking killer. crazy. Yes. And Ibushi... Taking Tanahashi's head off his damn Jesus neck, Christ! ...by pinfall.
0: Yeah. There's no way he wasn't going to win off that... He literally knocked his head off. It is
1: the most vicious commentary I've seen that... ...delivered to anyone not named Kenny Omega.
0: He looked so, like... seethingly mad when he did it, too. So.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly... Yeah, Ibushi... ...ever since he got slapped in this match... I I legitimately do think he was, like, super pissed. He just, he has a fury about him that is just unbelievable. Mm Mm-hmm. And afterwards, he actually does embrace Tanahashi's hand, and they do exchange words that I wish Chris Charlton was able to uh, translate for us. Because Tanahashi audibly said stuff that you could hear on camera that they could pick up, he could run with. But I don't know what it was Cause it's Japanese And I don't understand he that He was
0: He was saying out his will Cause he is fucking dead
1: Kenny's never coming back You can't bring him back
0: Oh that'd be so fucked up If he said that Dory the Mash No wonder Koda like Fucking murdered him I mean
1: Let's be real Like the two things That'll piss off Ibushi Is to humiliate him with slaps Or to kiss Kenny in front of him Or to kiss him And when he doesn't want it
0: Or to talk shit on Kenny
1: That's true as well. So, two amazing matches, Owen.
0: Yeah, how can you follow that up? (laughs) Stay
1: tuned, because we have an even better match after that.
0: Trace, how the fuck do the matches keep getting better?
1: This is the best night of wrestling that the G1 has Uh, had. And it's funny because there were two stinkers of matches before
0: First matches... Kind of the, the first two matches sucked. Well, that was the worst of the two.
1: Yes, and yet somehow these matches are that much better.
0: It's true, though. Mm-hmm. This it's this like, match it's right just, here might be my number two favorite match. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not making that official yet because we still have a few more nights and I have to relook over everything. But damn, yeah, don't
1: forget we've. Yeah, don't forget we got the finals still to deal with.
0: Damn, can't believe this match, Jay White's gonna fight Okada. Oh fuck again! <laughs> uh, I just, I just <laughs> want to curl up in a fetal position and die. Oh man, it's gonna happen. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Jay White's gonna win.
1: It's gonna be a bushy Naito, you know it.
0: I know, but it'd be really funny if it's a Kata and, and Jay White. <laughs> I
1: actually would be amused if it were, but I'd also be very angry.
0: Oh, I bet the crowd would be angry.
1: <laughs> the crowd would be livid. Like, it's like we were joking about, what was it, uh, um... Mox versus... Kenta, yeah. That would be the lowest drawing final. Yeah. Ever. But... Yeah. Yeah. Cold Skull Steve Sonata versus Kazuchika (laughs) Okada. (laughs) It amuses me every time. Commentary points out, as you're talking about the Osaka curse. Yeah. This night, when usually the G1 is in Osaka... This very night is usually the exact point where a champion who has been dominant in their matches thus far, to say undefeated, this is usually the point where they're upset and upended. This is where champions go to die. This is, Osaka's where champions go to die.
0: Put that on the sign outside the city.
1: Osaka, population, I don't fucking know, where champions go to die. Yep, that's them. And, sure enough, This crowd wants an upset as well. They are chanting hard for Sonata. And Sonata's just kind of... His usual... kind of nonplussed expression. Where he's like... Oh, they're chanting for me. Cool, I guess.
0: He's too cool for Osaka.
1: Owen, this is a sudden thing that popped in my head just now. If Sonata ever wanted to, he could become the Japanese Orange Cassidy.
0: No... I can't. I can't see that.
1: I can totally see it.
0: Toriano could.
1: I mean, yeah, but like that's not Orange Cassidy. Though. Hear me like, out, though. Yano's,
0: Yano's boisterous. You know who should be the New Japan uh, version of Orange Cassidy? Who? Orange Cassidy. Fuck yes! Put him in the G one next year, you
1: cowards. Orange Cassidy in the G one. You can take bad match Fale's yep. spot. That's
0: exactly right.
1: You know, Orange Cassidy is now Bullet Club, <laughs> and you know what? He'd put on better matches than most of Bullet Club. It was
0: crazy how he got in. and They just asked him. He's like, hey, "Okay, yep, I guess, awesome. cool." Now, like Fast and do I do I have to do the, the hand side? And I my hands are in my pockets. Yeah, no, man, I'm, I'm doing that.
1: I'll just, let's do an elbow bump, okay? Yeah. Also, there is one weird part of the beginning of this match.
2: Mhm.
0: That's Okada. Why are you doing, why, why is Okada on the podcast? I don't know, but that's
1: what Okada. why is he a B? Applying a headlock to sonata he just starts going Why is he a B now? Like what? I I don't know. It's weird.
0: Okada's weird. <laughs> Okada's weird. Remember when he had also- PS balloons? Yeah, I remember that. And pants? Remember
1: when he used to, you know, because he liked the Pip-Pip Cheerio so much, he would jump off the turnbuckle and yell, Scooby-Dooby-Doo!
0: Excuse me, it's called the Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Yes, for him it's called the Scooby-Doo. And he brought that back from one of the matches and I was very happy. Yeah, he is... He's a weirdo. You don't say. So, he is probably
1: the one guy in New Japan, I think, that has like a match style... And a fighting style that's so much like the WWE style. Starting slow and building up fast. Like real slow rest holds and wrestling moves. And then it just builds into like real excitement. He knows how to pace a match. He's really good at pacing a match. A fun fact actually from, I didn't mention this last week, but when he was wrestling Kenta um, when I was watching the Axis TV version of the show my parents were kind of Passing by the room when I was visiting them on vacation, they saw Kenta and Okada starting off match. And my dad just commented, Oh, finally, they're actually wrestling in this wrestling promotion. What? It's like, wow, they're actually doing real wrestling. What? Wow.
0: That's fucked so, up.
2: Yeah.
1: My parents... Uh, they're part
0: of the machine.
1: Yeah. This is... This is why I don't watch... Wrestling around them, typically.
0: Yeah. Understandable. Especially after that. Wow.
1: That's also probably why I don't like come to New Japan.
0: You should you should show your uh, your parents uh Ishii versus Goto. I,
1: I would, but I don't think they'd care.
0: Without Ishii versus Mox, they know Mox, he's the WWE guy.
1: They don't care about WWE that much. Dang. Other points to note here, Sonata does manage to put a in the Paradise Lock. As we all know, the Paradise Lock is a unique submission hold that you cannot put somebody's shoulders on the mat. You know, during it because that would set them free. But while they're in the Paradise Lock, the only means of escape is a drop kick to the butt. Yes. There is no other way. For
0: people who don't We've know. Tried, tr before the G one supercard main trace. Did our research and we practiced and we made sure that we were ready in case one of us were trapped in this.
1: Yep. Oh yeah, I, I my back was hurting for a while after that because I was practicing a lot of drop kicks because I knew that if Sonata got angry at Owen, he was going to put him in the paradise lock, and I would probably have to wait for Sonata to walk away and then I would have to free Owen.
0: No, Trace. I don't know why you were doing that in like in a parking lot. I just did it, like on like a mat.
1: That was probably smarter, but you know, I mean, I just didn't want to disturb the neighbors, so I just went out to an empty parking lot and started doing missile drop kicks.
0: You know what? May I respect. Thanks for looking out for your neighbors. Yeah, I mean, you know, the apartment life, right? Right. Um,
1: but yeah, it my back's all fucked up.
0: That's unfortunate. Sorry, uh, yeah. that cool doesn't have uh, health care. Who's wrestling?
1: I mean, yeah, it's it's like all for wrestling. No health care.
0: Gotta love the gimmick, man.
1: Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is a lot of real slow-paced stuff, but it's really good action back and forth. So, I'm just going to warp to just under 20 minutes. These two are on their knees trading forearms with one another at that point. It's even at 20 minutes. And at that point, Okada starts screaming at Sonata, that he wants more. He wants more forearms to the shoulder, please. To the chest, please. And they're just continuing to strike each other. Minutes going away to striking. Okada tries a Rainmaker. Sonata dodges it. Tries a Tombstone. Sonata turns it into his uh, submission finisher the skull end. And then he wraps it into a beautiful Tiger Suplex. Real crisp. Mm -hmm. And a TKO, which is basically a pop-up RKO. Tries a mood of salt, Never works for him. And sure enough, here it doesn't either, but he cancels it before it crash lands and he hurts himself. And he keeps getting Okada into Skull End. And Okada keeps trying to reverse into Rainmaker. And Sonata just keeps reversing it back into Skull End.
0: I mean, they're very easy to reverse to each other.
1: Yes, they're kind of the same positioning. So at this point, we're at 25 minutes. And. Oh boy. Sonata has Okada locked up in a skull end... in the middle of the ring. Okada manages to pull free. But at this point he's still in the middle of the ring... and Sonata's still got body scissors around him. And he just grabs Okada right back in... pulls him back in the skull end. And at this point... another minute of struggling or so... Okada, trying to break free... waits for Red Shoes to get close grabs his shirt, and actually uses it to pull himself back out of Skull End. He tries to do a flash pin, but then Snodotter kicks out, rolls back around, puts him back in Skull End.
0: This Skull End looks crazy.
1: Yeah, which for those who don't know, it's kind of a sleeper hold that takes you know hits the crown of your skull. Basically, it wraps it up tightly.
0: And, and, and you're like arching him back.
1: Yeah, you're arching him back and basically they pass out eventually.
0: Yeah, and when you get them on the from ground it. you wrap your body around them.
1: And there is almost no escape at that point, unless you manage to pull free like Okada's. Yeah, game. unless
0: you're Okada, there's no escape.
1: Yep. So at this point it takes from three minutes remaining to two minutes remaining for Okada to finally start passing out. I, He's almost out I of don't it. know why Red Shoes wouldn't call
0: for the bell. He was out.
1: Yeah. Red Shoes is saying, you you gotta respond, you gotta respond, I'm gonna call it. You, you need to get up, you, you give up, Do you give up. You're not responding to me, you need to respond to me if you're giving up or not. That is not a response, and you keep saying stuff like that. Um, and yet, at that point, Sonata's realized, I've had enough. This dude is practically out. This is maybe the one time I can actually hit a mood of moonsault. Ah. Uh, <laughs> so he goes for a mood of moonsault, and what do you know? It doesn't land. Okada gets the knees up.
0: I thought for crash sure. Crash
1: into the knees. I
0: thought for sure this was going to be what cost in the match.
1: Likewise. I thought so too. At this point, one minute is remaining in this match. And this is not like rumble timing like the WWE does. This is a legitimate minute. They do have a stopwatch by the ring. We've seen it. hmm So they could very well run out of time here. And it would be legitimate. Yep. So, Okada keeps trying to counter Skull End. He tries to counter Rainmaker. Or he tries to hit Rainmaker. Sonata ducks under it, pops him up, hits another TKO, crashes him to the ground. And at that point, he's running to the turnbuckle, jumping up in the corner, and hitting Muda Moon Salts.
0: He hits two of them. He was smart. He didn't do just one because he knew it's Okada.
1: Yep. Hit two, in extremely quick succession, did not delay. As he's hitting the second... One, I mean, it was under thirty seconds called. He had less than thirty seconds. He goes up pits the second Muda moonsault, gets a pin, with seventeen seconds left in the match. Sonata wins by pinfall. Holy
0: and upsets shit! Upsets
1: his first win in singles competition over Okada. In twelve encounters,
0: and he's got himself another title shot,
1: and. It's going to be a very interesting title shot because now, for the first time ever, he has his rival's number.
0: And also... He knows how to beat Okada. And also, he has the uh, the tiebreaker on him now.
1: He does. Which is very interesting because now... Now there is a potential for some shenanigans in the A block. This could get interesting. Yep. But... As Sonata says at the end, Osaka, see you next time. Heck yes. What a night, Owen. That is night thirteen.
0: Do you want to hear my recommendation?
1: You damn right I do.
0: Fuck it, watch the whole night.
1: I disagree no, a little. No, b- just no, cause... because
0: hear me out. The first two matches uh-huh. are bad, but um, but getting through those make the last three so much better.
1: This is true, actually. You know what? I- I'm with you now. Like, this is... The thing about Night 13 is fantastic. It might be the best night of wrestling, but it starts with the absolute worst match in the G1 this year. Yep. And then it moves on to one of the best by the end of the night. Yeah,
0: you watched it, like, go up a slope.
1: Yeah, this is as much of an uphill incline as you can get. It's good.
0: Yeah, I just watched the whole night. It's the first time I've ever said yeah. that. just watched the whole night.
1: Yeah, night 13 would be a good night to watch. So you can see every... You can understand everything we're saying, too. You can understand why I keep telling Fale
0: to retire, bitch. Hell yes. But that
1: brings us to night 14, Owen.
0: Yeah, we need to to get moving. This is night 14,
1: the last night we're covering. this, This is night 14, last night we are covering... Oh, boy. Owen, we're back in Osaka. It's August 4th. This is the seventh day of B-Block.
0: Oh my god, so many nights.
1: So many nights. Five days remain. By the time this podcast is over, we will have five days left in the G1. Let's go. So, some stuff from the tags. Um, One quote I do want to bring out, and then we'll talk about the real big bombshell from the tags. Chase Owens is a jerk and should be thrown out of wrestling. I agree. Yeah,
0: he should be kicked off Twitch too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Twitch, just ban him. I don't. I don't have a reason. Just ban him.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Now here's the real bombshell, Owen. We were talking about young lions earlier. Mm-hmm. So there is a pecking order in the G1 warm-up matches and in matches in general. If you are a young lion, you are going to eat the pin over somebody who is not a young lion. Teams that do not have a Young Lion will not lose. All Young Lion teams must lose versus a team that does not have a Young Lion.
0: Yeah, no, I've been watching G1s. I know how this works. Except here,
1: this is the first time that that hasn't happened quite like that. What? Shooter Yumino took an all Young Lion tag team over a tag team... That was comprised of Toa Hinare, who is not a young lion, and another young lion. Now, granted, Toa Hinare was not involved in the decision. However, he still lost to a young lion. That is huge. You know
0: why? Why? Shooter, shooter ain't no regular young lion. Well, that's the thing, Owen. Is people have been talking
1: about Shooter Umino. That his excursion, which is when a young lion is considered to be complete with the training, before they become a full star or a full wrestler, they go to another promotion and kind of get their break from New Japan, then come back refreshed in a new character and new build everything.
2: Mm-hmm. People
1: are saying maybe John Moxley is Shudorumino's excursion. Maybe he'll just not be young lion after this. Really? There's talk about that, or maybe he'll just... Maybe it'll be like uh whatever the guy's name was that unfortunately got injured partway through. Maybe he'll just have a bunch of test matches. Just to see if he's ready.
0: Hey, hey, Trace. Yeah? What if during the finals... He puts Moxley through a table and he becomes the Death Rider?
1: I mean... They might as well make him that, because that way... They can keep that music. They can keep that attitude.
2: And he still comes That'd through the really crowd. Good.
1: Yes. Exactly. Instead of Mox, it's Shooter. Death Rider Shooter.
0: Death Shooter.
1: Death Rider Rumino. Death Shooter. I like this. Death Shooter. Ah, that, see, this is just... It's fascinating to me because... Again, yeah, Young Lions aren't supposed to get the win like this. And he did he did yeah so a lot of uh, Suzuki-Goon drama as is the typical with the tags um, Suzuki-Goon always a thrill to watch during the tag matches uh, Lance Archer and ZSJ are not on the same page after their match where Zack got the upper hand uh, Minor Suzuki takes a swing at Kevin Kelly because Chris Charlton is looking at what him the fuck, and the other Chris? Boys. don't look at the boys Chris it angers him sure Also, a real sight to behold, Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki working together to double-team submission holds onto a prone wrestler. And Lance Archer screaming at Sonata, also impressive. Basically saying, I don't know why the fuck all these people care about you. You don't seem all that impressive to me. Why should they even care about you? And it's like, well, Lance, did you watch the match last night? And... Beyond that, the biggest part of this whole Suzuki gun thing? Mm-hmm. A post match Kaze ni Nare.
0: Yeah, that happens every time that uh, Suzuki gets the pins, so he should get the pins all the time.
1: He should. And, well, sometimes they stop music before it gets to Kaze Nare, but this is the How second time dare they? that I can recall that they've been able to yell it. And unlike the last time, where it just kind of accidentally played at that point and the crowd yelled it anyways. Here, Suzuki dives back into the ring and encourages everybody to yell it, and they do.
0: Hey, remember when we got to do that?
1: Yeah, I do. I screamed it,
0: and I got it on was film. Worth it.
1: You do. You can hear my voice just absolutely blowing out your speaker.
0: Worth it. Yep.
1: Also, uh, regarding Bullet Club, uh, Peter is back <sighs> for Yujiro Takashi. So, this Night 14 does not work safe.
0: Yeah, I was at work. Mm-hmm. I was not paying attention. Yeah. It was on my screen for a bit. I was like, oh, whoopsies.
1: Yep, shouldn't do that. Yeah. Peter, you got to stop. Hear me not? And. Mm hmm. Yep. Also, good point here, too, is during this match, Kevin Kelly is yelling at Bad Luck Fale for using his mic cable to choke out Hiroshi Tanahashi. While at the same time, he's holding up a mic that allows him to choke out Hiroshi Tanahashi.
0: Yeah, I pointed that out because really, I was like, wait a minute, why are you yelling if you're... Put the microphone down, what are you doing? Yeah,
1: all you got to do is make sure he doesn't have access to that microphone cable, and he's not going to use it.
0: Fucking Kevin Kelly.
1: But my favorite moment of all the tag matches is when Honma, Tanahashi, and Kotabushi on a tag team together... All hit their heads and hit a triple Kokeshi on Chase Owens. How happy did it make you? It made me so goddamn happy, Owen. And you know why that is? Because
0: Kokeshi makes you happy.
1: Exactly. Kokeshi makes you happy.
0: And also fuck Chase Owens. I also fuck Chase
1: Owens. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks at Twitch. God damn it! I can't stress that enough. He's terrible.
0: <laughs> Got him.
1: Uh, we we will literally perform better than him. I will watch his next stream just to see how few viewers he's getting.
0: I'm excited for our for like, night.
1: Actually, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch his next stream. I'm just gonna follow him just so I can see how few viewers he's getting, and we'll monitor it. Oh, we'll set a bar, and then next time I get more viewers than him, I'm gonna say, "Yeah, I'm better than Chase Owens." Yeah, yeah. I don't think the motherfucker even has affiliate status.
0: God, I, I, I only he... stream once a week and I have it so fuck him. I don't even think he knows how to get affiliate status I don't even know what
1: they
2: offer it in Japan they might not This sucks fuck him yep fuck him let's talk about good stuff
1: let's talk about a really good match best of the best the involving the MVP of the G1 Climax you can't say that oh Yano <sighs>
0: Let's say, you can't say that because both these guys are the MVP. Well, no, Toriyano stole the MVP. It
2: was a bet match? Owen? What's up? Owen,
1: I'm going to start talking about Triple Mania. now. please (laughs) don't. Okay. Um, We only have one more night to cover. We should get through it. Yes. Yes, let's get through this. So, before Ishii even comes out, Yano's already untied a bunch of the turnbuckle pads. Of course. And Yano is continuing in time as Ishii runs into the ring before the bell, hammer fists him before he can remove yet another pad. Although, even then, Ishii still hits two exposed turnbuckles. And so, there's a bunch of really crazy flash pins all of a sudden. Ishii's shirt is pulled over his head. A lot of roll-ups. More exposed turnbuckles. More roll-ups. Hear me
0: out. Yano. I was yeah. holding my breath this entire time because I thought, I thought Ishii was in trouble.
1: Yeah, one of these could have led to a pin very easily and nobody would have batted it Oh yeah,
0: considering how short Yano's matches have been.
1: Yeah, like, his matches have all pretty much been under 5 minutes. This In is fact, probably gonna,
0: his longest.
1: This is indeed his longest. I can almost guarantee without looking. Um, it is indeed. Because yeah, his longest match before this was Shingo Takagi at 6 minutes and 16 wow. seconds. This match is 9 minutes and 36 seconds.
0: And his best match of the G1.
1: Yes, by far. So, he, there's like seven roll-up attempts and pin attempts here. Only seven? And then, uh, I might have been eight or twelve or fourteen. That sounds better. So, then Yano does his usual stuff trying to bait Ishii to come outside and play with him outside the ring where all the weapons
0: live. I laughed out loud at this.
1: Yano takes a chair to the ramp and sits down telling Ishii, basically, you need to come out here and play with me. And Ishii doesn't budge. He tells, and he so, tells the ref to count. <laughs> and the ref starts counting. The ref gets to about 17 before Yana realizes, oh, he really isn't coming out here, is he? And has to bolt at full speed to get back in the ring. So good. <laughs> it's like, Yana the whole time is like, well, he's going to come out here eventually, and then I'll get him. Ah, 14. He is still going to come out here, and then I'll get him. 17. Oh, crap, he's not coming out. Nope. They both try, um... Actually, first off, Ishii actually starts taunting Yano after beating him down in the ring. Starts kicking him in the head, putting his head down. He's like, is that all you got? Is this all you've really got? Yano actually rears up legitimately the angriest I've ever seen him in the ring and starts throwing forearms that are actually staggering Ishii.
0: That's the thing about Ishii. He brings out the best in everyone.
1: This is impressive. Just the crowd is, like, stunned as well. Like, he is knocking Ishii down in one forearm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then he tries for a low blow. And so does Ishii. Ishii tries, like, his sliding lariat. He tries his, you know, vertical drop rainbuster, But Yano's countering every one of them with, like, a flash pin attempt. And then Ishii just says, screw it, you're done. Manages to sneak in a sliding lariat. Yano's knocked out. Vertical drop, Rainbuster, and in a nine-minute marathon match, barely making it to beat the 10-minute time limit, Ishii wins by pinfall. Hell yes. I want to see more of this Yano, Owen.
0: Yeah, by having him fight Ishii more. Yeah, exactly. This is what Ishi does to people.
1: It is a really good match. It's only nine minutes. Like all of the Yano matches... You can afford to take some time to watch it.
0: It's it's the best match of the night.
1: Which brings us to this match.
0: Yes? Owen? What's up? Miho Abe is praying for a Wh- man. Wait, hold on a minute. I feel like I've seen this before.
1: Miho Abe is praying for a man.
0: Yeah, how would that work out for her?
1: Her prayers were answered. Yeah, by Tai Chi.
0: For God's sake, Tai Chi again! Tai Chi answered her we prayers. We went over this earlier. His, no.
1: His beautiful music, his beautiful oh, soulful God. voice. Oh God! And as Juice Robinson starts to make his way out in his uh his Undertaker gear, um Kanemaru attacks him. Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Uh huh. Tai Chi's second, not a singer.
0: Neither tai Chi. And
1: yeah, Tai Chi. Well, excuse you, sir. Yeah, what's up? Tai Chi was busy singing to the ref in the what? corner with the Abe Miko. No, so they were distracting the ref. And Kevin Kelly points out that a uh, no contest could have happened here if the ref had seen what was happening to Juice. Which, for the record, that would mean zero points for both of them. Good. It would be as if the match never happened.
0: I wish this match didn't but, happen. So, Mm-hmm. So, one
1: situation Juice doesn't hit Miohabe
0: Good, but he's not a piece of shit
1: No, he's not He asks her to move, very politely Excuse, excuse me And she doesn't He just motions for her to kiss his ass
0: That's uh, not nice
1: And It's not nice And Taichi puts him in a full Nelson lock And Mihoabe slaps him Good So, receipt given Got him there's a good combo. This is probably the only move of the match I really enjoyed. Um, Juice Robinson turns a power bomb into a Boston crab after the pin for the power bomb doesn't work. Those out. are always fun. Real cool looking. Um, then Konarmaros starts drinking some whiskey and trying to spray it in Juice's eyes. As you do. Yep. Um, Juice punches Konarmaros. He sprays into the air. Uh... uh Juice starts messing with Kanemaru rather than Tai Chi. Oh, no. And Tai Chi, in an unlikely situation, sprays out the Suntory Mist into Juice's eyes while the ref is distracted.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And a black Mephisto ends it. Tai Chi wins against Juice Robinson. And I will say that I didn't watch the entire um, backstage interview afterwards, but apparently Tai Chi got drunk. Good. And... Apparently, he doesn't hold his liquor well.
0: That, that's
1: fun. Yep.
0: You know, you so, know what wasn't fun? Happened. This Absolutely. match. Yeah,
1: this match was uh, not a great match.
0: Uh, is it, it was... Another disappointing mm-hmm. Juice Robinson match, which is a bummer, but when you see it against Taichi, it's like, Taichi can bring it, but he didn't here?
1: Well, when you got Yoshinobu Kanemaru constantly interfering, it's hard for Taichi to do anything of substance.
0: Yeah, weird. It's as if he has, like, his... Iron device, that he could use to be way more interesting.
1: It would be way more interesting for sure. I'm sad he's not using it.
0: Yeah, I'm not sad. I'm more mad.
1: Yeah, I would be happier if his could just wandered out randomly like he used and to. Took
0: them back and took. Them I back, just laughed again.
1: Looked... It's like these are mine. Bye. What if he just like bit everything that moved around him as I well? He does that anyway. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, this match sucked. Let's move on to Jeff Cobb versus Hiroki Goto. This was fun. It was fun. Um, it was some hard striking. Um, I feel like both of these men were very tired with the heat, though. Yeah. They were moving kind of slow. Um, They both felt like they were kind of gassed.
0: Also, considering this near the end of the tournament, they are kind of worn down.
1: Yep, for sure. There is a good spot, though, that I'm going to call out. Um, Cobb and Goto both get underhooks on each other. They're struggling for control. And Goto manages to get an underhook suplex and outpower Jeff Cobb. Turning point of the match. Yeah, that was really good. It was a good-looking move. Um, Cobb does manage to get a little bit of a... I won't say advantage, but a little bit of heat back. Tries hitting two of the islands. You
0: don't need heat in this weather, come on.
1: No, he didn't need more heat, because it totally didn't work. Goto hits an attitude adjustment because the knee missed and then hits his GTR. Goto wins by pinfall. It wasn't a bad match it just was forgettable. It was entertaining. I- yeah, it was entertaining. It's just like it's not one I would tell anybody to watch. It's just not like No. Not bad but not like not not fantastic like we had it last the night before. But it was a
0: good Goto match. And
1: a, It was a very good go and match, yes. you know And
0: it solidified, hey, we're actually getting behind him in this tournament. He has a shot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's still in the running. Let me get to this match. Yeah, he's still in the running. Oh, and God. Everybody is more in the running because of this match. John Moxley, Jay White.
0: Hey, guess what? Uh-huh. I hated this match, too.
1: Yeah. I feel like I could just summarize this match and not say anything other than to say this match establishes that Jay White is a heel, and it also establishes that Jon Moxley is an AEW-contracted wrestler.
0: And that Gato has to get involved at every turn.
1: Yes, Gato got involved so often here. It was... I'll admit, I was getting worked. I was getting hot seeing it. I was not happy. But it was because it was so
0: obvious. It was a bit much. The, the ending was obvious from the get-go, with the whole story they've been telling, and with Mox already losing the match last, uh, last time, like, it was clear it was going to happen, and the trip to mm-hmm. get into the point we need to get to was too long and sucked.
1: Yep, so, let me just put this out there, Owen. Let's talk about this. Would it have been better to have Mox drop an earlier matchup just so he could win this one?
2: Yeah. Because I
1: think there's no reason for him to have such an undefeated run. He could have just lost in one of his early matches. Put
0: Yano later. Yeah, you could have e- had. You
1: could even had Ishi go over Moxley. I mean, it wouldn't have made sense without them ex- extending that match ten minutes, which is really what I want out of that. Yeah. But. Yeah, Gato interferes. There's a lot of chicanery and then when it subsides uh, Mox is in such a bad position that Jay White gets the upper hand and wins and you noted Shooter Umino does nothing to help but that's because he's still a young lion and he'd get yelled at
0: but he's Shooter
1: yes he is Shooter he should
0: have done s- something
1: when he is no longer a young lion he will
0: help I didn't even see him at ringside at all
1: He was a little bit of ringside. It was just he was working the ringside like a young lion does.
0: This could have been his moment to shine if he stood up to Gato. It would have been, like, a huge moment.
1: It would have been an establishing moment for him that would have carried throughout his actual career. Yep. And it's a shame they didn't go for that.
0: Nope. Instead they went for bullshit.
1: Yep. Let's get away from bullshit. Let's go right to the main event. Of the night. Oh. The last match of this podcast.
0: Oh, good. The other bread to the shit sandwich.
1: Yep. Yeah, the first... in bread, night. I have to point out. Yeah. This is, um... Yeah, and she was really good. Everything between that was garbage. And this match is amazing. Yes. This match surprised me with how good it was. I was expecting kind of just... Something more psychological, something you know, maybe not as move-heavy, that just kind of ended the same way, but not in a fancy way. Oh, boy. This match delivered on all fronts.
0: These nicknames you gave, oh, boy. I mean,
1: well, it's Mr. Dragon, Shingo Takagi. First, which
0: we came up with first.
1: Yes, we did. Going up against uh, Mr. Woman Abuser, Tetsuya oh boy. Naito. If he didn't want that nickname, he shouldn't have grabbed Miho Abe by the hair. Yeah, But. So let's get into the story that Chris Charlton tells, because I think this is fascinating. So, he talks about how we know that Shinko Takagi and Naika go <coughs> way back. That's why mm-hmm. Takage got the, um, got into LIJ after Hiromu Tanahashi. Or Hiromu Takahashi, sorry, not Tanahashi. What the hell?
0: Wow. Um, that fusion dance, though.
1: Yeah, right? Um... Yeah, Haramu was injured with thanks to a, a bad suplex from Dragon Lee. Yeah. Shigeru Takagi takes his place to work with Bushi in the Junior Tag League last year. I'm the
0: dragon
2: now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah,
1: that whole thing there was that, yeah, Tetsuya Naito and Takaki go way back. We didn't realize how they went way back. They first met in Animal Han- Hamaguchi's gym. That's a very well-known wrestler, I would compare him... Given how everybody talks about him, he sounds very much like the Stewart heart of Japan. Wow. I mean that in a good way. Oh,
0: yeah. I know what you meant. And...
1: So... Takagi and Naito would spar. But Takagi was trained in wrestling. And Naito had been trained in judo. When you're wrestling one another... One of these is going to win over the other. And I guarantee you, it's going to be wrestling. Unless your name is Ronda Rousey, in which case, sorry, Turf. Wow. Um, And Chris Charlton surmises that perhaps the invitation to LIJ is like a long game in which Naito knew this matchup was going to happen eventually, and that perhaps he would get a chance to outshine his former sparring mate. they have a huge opening sequence of just wrestling and grappling and reversals and it is one of the most impressive spots i've seen in a long time
0: yeah and when you add the context of the story it made this match way more fascinating
1: yeah cuz they have each other's numbers all the way through this
0: it's as if they were training back in the day together
2: mhm
1: like naito has his move that nobody really ever reverses they maybe Try and block it, but that's it. Where he trips somebody in the corner, and then does a cannonball drop kick. You're mm-hmm. not even cannonball drop kick; it's more like a swinging drop kick. But either way, yeah, the combination cabron. Except uh, when you're Shingo Takagi, you just leap up, pick him up, and manage to catch him and slam him down. Yeah, that was like, crazy. That was amazing. I, there's so much of this. Going on, and also there's a bunch of uh, little girls screaming Naito the way they used to scream for Kenny, and that's kind of bothering me at this point.
0: They've done that for Naito for a while, forever. Come on,
1: yeah, it's really bad tonight though. I don't know why, but there's there's a lot of that. There's, oh, God, I I, I have a hard time even talking about this match because it's so
0: damn good. You can just do the, the thing, thing where is- you say. This isn't a match that we have to go move for move for. You should just watch it and, you know, watch the story unfold because the storytelling they do in their moves and their, you know, composure and just the whole setup of the match is beautiful.
1: Yes. I, there's a couple of spots I do want to point out. I'm not going to read all of this. I've got a huge amount of notes. You can read them on ProWrestling.cool's Patreon. Patreon.cool if you pay the money.
0: Yeah, that, that, that is still behind the paywall.
1: Yeah, it's still behind the paywall. You ain't ain't getting that for free.
0: Trace Trace wrote very... He was in charge of the notes this week, and he did some very good notes and some really funny jokes, so check them out. Mm
1: -hmm. So one of the biggest issues Takagi makes during this match, one of the biggest mistakes, is he lets Naito keep getting up. He doesn't go right on him, doesn't grab him, pull him up. He just lets him start getting up before he starts executing the next move.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Hesitation causes issues. Man, this this is the move that really freaked me out when I saw it. I was like, how the hell does this work? So Takagi is about to powerbomb Naito off the second rope. Mm-hmm. He starts the powerbomb motion. He starts throwing Naito downward. Naito holds on and manages to Frankensteiner, Shinko Takagi, off of the turnbook, off the second rope to the map below. They're spinning midair Without any connection to the ring or the ropes. While well, this is happening. I don't know how physics work, but I'm pretty sure this is not how they
0: Yeah, work. this was wild. This is like a fluid motion, too.
2: mm mm-hmm.
1: like- And Takagi is, like, full speed through all this, too. He is, like, running. At, this is the fastest I've seen him this entire tournament. And he's a big guy. He's bigger than Naito. Force perspective. He's slightly taller than Naito, he's thicker than Naito. Force
0: perspective.
1: Uh, He's—it's not force okay. perspective. He's thick.
0: Okay, I'll give you that one.
1: He, hes thick and he's big and he's a heavyweight.
0: Uh, I don't know about
1: that last one. I'm just gonna say there's one, at least one or two points during this match where you can see them have a stare down. Just look at their body shapes mm-hmm. and trust me. I mean, I, I know, like, Takagi has, like, 90% of his weight in his chest and, like, 5% of his weight in his tiny little toothpick legs. <laughs> and the remainder in his head. And, thick-headed,
0: but, you say?
1: I, I'm saying he's not big-headed. He's I, big-chested. I said thick-headed. Eh, it's not that thick. It's more hair than, you know, head when it comes to thickness. Oh, okay. But he, it's just like, his upper body, though, is built like Popeye. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's something else. His, his legs really are the size of toothpicks. Yes. These guys go on and let's remember Shingo is running off the ropes at full speed, hitting pumping bombers on Naito throughout this match. And holy shit, they look amazing. Mm-hmm. They throw headbutts at each other on the ground that are clunking Ugh. like skull to skull. Again, you know, the sound when you hear it. Yeah, yaoi wowie, indeed. At 25 minutes, they're throwing forearms, palm strikes, headbutts at each other. This match goes on for 25 minutes of this stuff. You need to watch all of it. Yep. And the turning point, and you will not believe me if you don't see it. Shinko Takagi is about to hit Last of the Dragon. It is reversed into a destroyer. How do you reverse a Last of the Dragon? into a Canadian Destroyer 25 minutes into a match. I don't know. I have no answer for this. Yeah, some of these reversals are point.
0: fucking nuts.
1: These reversals are nuts. Not like in a way like, I can't believe they would actually let that happen. No, like, no, how do you physically
0: like rotate yourself from the position of one move being thrown and then somehow flip it around so you're the one on top and able to hit these moves?
1: Exactly. And that is the fascinating part about this match is they're throwing so many of these kind of counters that are not, like, unbelievable in the way that, you know, you can't imagine they could actually really happen. Unbelievable. Like, how can a body do that?
0: You know what's unbelievable is how they don't botch any of them.
1: And that's the thing, too. There is no botching that I saw in this match. It is just incredible back and forth. So, this is... This is easily one of my top three matches of the entire G One. Oh yeah, for sure. It it might go higher than that after I've you know had time to think about it.
0: Yeah, we'll do a perspective. But, we'll do a retrospective at the finals and come up with our list. Yep.
1: But after that, Destroyer reversal, Naito does get the advantage, lands two Destinos in a row, and he wins by pinfall with three minutes left. Three minutes left. Yes, that's good point. This was an absolute war. Bushi runs out, assists both men, gives them water. And in the post-match speech, Naito basically says, Hey, that was pretty good, Takagi. We should do this again sometime without a 30-minute time limit. Hell yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah. I want to see you two brawl again at any point, anytime, anywhere. Let's get that IC title up there.
0: Heck yeah, let's do it.
1: So, Owen, that was... A very sandwichy night fourteen
0: back to back, like down to the wire, main events,
1: yeah, really good main events, and we're like
0: day thirteen and
1: day fourteen of nineteen, Owen, this has been going on for a month now, yeah, it feels like it it feels like a nothing this has been going on for pretty much exactly a month,
0: I know i'm just saying it's two days I'm just saying it feels exa- it feels like it's been going on for a month. This hasn't yeah, been fl- it, this has not been moving quickly.
1: No, it has not been.
0: But damn, oh it has been fun the whole time. It has been so much fun.
1: These are the matches that make sifting through all the bad match fallays and all the other matches that don't quite meet their standards. This is what makes it worth it. And my this is astounding.
0: My recommendations for this night, the first and last match, easy. Don't don't watch the middle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, don't bother with the middle. Nothing there is worthwhile. I'm um, Yano Nishi is fun, and Takagi and Naito. Oh my god, you will never see a better Lij battle. Hear
0: me out. Which is better? Yeah, the main event of Night Thirteen or the main event of Night Fourteen? You don't. You don't in have terms, to answer that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say in terms of like just equivalence and beating the shit out of one another, Night Fourteen. In terms of like anxiety and just jaw dropping amazingness. That I did not expect. Night thirteen.
0: Um, I'm going to have a solid answer by the time we get to the
1: finals. Damn right you are. And that's all the G1 we have thus far, Owen. The next time we meet, I'm pretty sure the climax is going to be over.
0: But well, we're going to be covering up to the uh, you know the block finals.
1: Yep, we'll go to the block finals, and then we will cover the final night all its own. Yep,
0: that'll be you know for people who are on the Patreon who have been at the lower tiers. Uh the final will be up at the 999 tier because it's our monthly exclusive premium podcast, but the 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 one leading up to that will still be at the one dollar tier, so you're good yep, absolutely and if you're listening free this week, maybe hop on board
1: patreon.cool get on it. We
0: actually own that url
1: It's not just cool, it's patreon.cool.
0: I thought it would be really funny if we owned that domain so I looked it up and I was like, oh, this is available. Yeah, it's mine now. Good. Thanks, Patreon.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, thanks for not telling them to stop it because, you know, you could have registered it yourself, Patreon, but you screwed up.
0: Yep. Indeed. But Trace, that's it. Since this, is the, uh, is, this it. is the free on the free feed, why don't you plug your stuff? Oh, good point. Thank
1: you much. You can follow me on Twitter, at P-S-E-G. You can follow me on Twitch, where I do good streams that are better than Chase Owens. Twitch.tv slash PeaceEgg. That's P-E-A-C-E-E-G-G. Yeah, look... I don't suck at streaming.
0: Yeah, look out for those Fortnite streams after the G1.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't find them on Twitch, you will find them on Mixer. Mixer.com slash PeaceEgg.
0: Oh, snap. That's also true. We were talking about the Mixer thing, right? I'm on mixer yep, at uh, the Ozone. I'm on Twitter at the underscore Ozone. And this podcast is part of ProWrestling.cool, so go check out the website where we've got all the G1 coverage, we have got all the regular podcasts and a bunch of other goodies.
1: And more stuff as AEW starts to spin up. It will be very good.
0: And tra- uh John and I have uh, been discussing what's going to happen with heel turn. Since uh, they're taking over the Wednesdays. So we've, we've got plans in the works. Things are going to be shifting. Interesting.
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, so make sure you tune in for that.
1: Absolutely. We will definitely cover all that's elite. If, it, if you don't cover it, Oster and I will.
0: Yeah, that'll be, that'll be on the Patreon.
1: Uh-huh, I see.
0: Hey, hey we, gotta, we gotta put the good stuff behind the paywall. Damn right, you do. Yeah, me and John just shooting the shit. That's free. It's easy.
1: Yep, yeah, true. True.
0: All right. We'll be back next week if you're a Patreon subscriber. And if not, uh, John and I will be back next week live again. So um, until then.